0: You have a problem with that?
1: No sensei. I get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! Oh, 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 oh.
2: Welcome to Steep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMissounis. How is everybody doing today? I'm doing great. And we are finally here at the end of the year. The episode that I have been dying to do, which is the top 10 best singles of 2011 and the top 10 best movies of 2011 or movies that I've seen in 2011. And we have a ghost from the past joining us as co-host. And who would that ghost be?
3: Andrew, I'm finally back. It's been a long time. What's up, man? Not much. I've been itching to get back on here, but the fates wouldn't allow it, so I finally found time in my schedule.
2: Sweet. So the plan is that your schedule is chilled out enough to where you plan on crashing a bunch more episodes in 2012. Is that correct, sir?
3: Yeah, that's the plan. I think I've itched out a couple days where I'm not working anymore. I was doing like up to 52, 53 hours a week, so I finally slowed it down a bit.
2: Man, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah,
3: it was a crazy work schedule, but one I mean, once they're out of college you got like no choice, but now I'm finally getting it settled down a bit.
2: Right. And for you listeners out there, you know, I've told you before, when I record solo, it's easy for me to do my recording and then do my editing and then I can post it that night. Now, whenever I have Andrew on, it's going to pretty much be, you know, when you have two people, crap happen, you got to edit stuff out and put it together. It can sometimes take a day or two, so you may not get the episode when I normally would, but I'll give you guys a little update on Facebook. So that's pretty much it. And, uh, you know, sir, uh, in January, the very first series that we're doing – is Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, I'm super pumped. And, that is uh, awesome. And if you, if you, I'm basically doing it whether you're coming on or not. <laughs> dude. So No,
3: you definitely got it. I like that movie. I saw it
2: actually more recently, so it's pretty fresh. Now you realize there's three of them you know one, two, and three we're doing the you know that's the thing the sweep the the sweep the lake nation wants series, so that's what I'm doing occasionally I do a one off film, but it's going to be pretty much movie series man that, that's what everybody digs so the first thing we're starting off with is the Beverly Hills Cop series, so we gotta do one, two and three, and then probably after that um one series I can't wait to do is movies so bad they're so good, so obviously that's kind of a one off but uh, it's going to be a theme type thing, and of course, I have Short Circuit and a Robocop to do. Those are some of the early promised series that is going to be coming in 2012. So hopefully, sir, you'll be able to join me on those now that your work schedule is a lot smoother. It should hopefully be some good times, and uh, you know, I won't be going solo so much in 2012. And hopefully, people will dig that. So
3: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see how everything works out
2: yeah and it, you know if people don't like you i guess you can just you know just.
3: Eh, i'll take it on the cheek and i'll keep going
2: yeah there you go they so, can't stop me can't stop you. all right sir so before we get into the big topic which uh you well i guess we'll get into it when we get there but before we get into the the whole top movies and music let's go into movie and music news All right, sir. So before we go into movie and music news, I wanted to talk about something that's been bothering me for the past couple of days. And I'm sure the majority of the listeners are not aware of what this is. But me and you have talked today about the uh, Stop Online Piracy Act. SOPA. Yeah. And essentially, you know, it has good intentions, which is to try to stop the online piracy of movies and music but essentially what's going to happen is is this podcast is going to be no more. See what happens is when this goes into effect Big Brother officially becomes Big Brother and freedom of speech is going to go out the door. Uh, I've read numerous things from Congress and um, tons of websites and it's all pretty much the same thing that this podcast would be considered uh, copyright infringement along with a lot of other things. Um, just by talking about a movie, music, whatever the case may be, that owner, which would be the company. So, for example, Universal Studios. If I'm talking about Fast Five, if they just listen to my episode, they hear one thing they don't like, they can instantly shut down the website. And uh, if you're in violation, you could be fined. And most of all, you know, Google has to remove you, and it's a pretty nasty mess. So. What's some of the information that you know of this act, sir?
3: Um, well, pretty much the same thing that you were just saying, that I know it's pretty... There's there's tons of, uh, loopholes with this thing. Like, there's so much lack of transparency with this kind of act. Like, you don't know what's going on because they're doing it behind closed doors, so to say. Right. So anything that they decide is pretty much their decision, whoever the company is. So you really have a say in what happens so yeah like you said if you're talking something and then you criticize it a little bit even though if your whole opinion of it is positive they're gonna they could have the right to take it down so the, between that and then there's just there's yeah the freedom of speech thing so you get to not you can't say what you're really thinking i mean that's kind of ridiculous but i, I heard uh like last week godaddy uh godaddy.com mm-hmm. the major site network yep they're uh they were all for it. They were even saying how you're an idiot to oppose this kind of act. Like we need this because it's been threatening. Like piracy is obviously a big deal, but I don't. But now they uh, they folded under their customers, all threatening to start stopping their GoDaddy sites.
2: Yeah. See, essentially. It's a, it's a nasty viral effect. Granted, if you take down the movie and music piracy, what essentially happens is the key to SOPA is that it allows private companies to order a takedown, quote-unquote, of any website that infringes on that company's intellectual property. So there would be no due process, so no review by any law enforcement agency. The private company, be it a movie studio, any other large firm, would request and by law. Google would have to force to remove all the search engines, PayPal would be forced to halt any payments on your website. It it's would gonna, break the internet. Yeah, that's essentially what this is going to do and uh, security-wise, identity theft because there's a particular server that will be affected by this which has been trying to ban- is the Congress has been we, we as the people are trying to tell Congress that you will wipe out this particular server, which will cause online payments to corrupt, will have spamming, viruses like crazy, and identity oh, yeah. theft will be through the roof. It's not just taking out movies and music. You're basically – small sites are going to be closed down by large corporations with large legal teams. So There's, there's
3: always going to be something that's illegal that makes something free. Like There's never not going to be piracy. So they need to like see – the advantages of having the piracy at this kind of limit that we have it right now right. and they need to try to borderline that instead of deleting it altogether. because if they get rid of the entire system they're gonna have to figure out a whole new one and this one's just gonna crumble so it's it's not good it's i heard something on another podcast it was um it was a comparison as if the think of the fbi coming into a movie theater mm-hmm. and act and acting as the movie theater like security basically like You're taking like a national step for a minimum, like a little tiny local thing. You don't need that big of a force on this type of thing. You need to contain it, not delete it.
2: Right, exactly. Because Facebook would be forced to remove any movies and music references... Um, it, It's ridiculous, it's a huge, humongous, nasty, you know, and granted, I only have four days of, of experience on this topic, so maybe other people out there know about this and can inform me better, but my understanding is, it's not a good thing, nobody, especially in the internet world, Wants this to happen because the internet's full of entrepreneurs. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the internet is the biggest freedom of speech we have. Essentially, this is going to remove any freedom of speech, and therefore, my podcast uh, at any moment in time could be shut down. And I just want to make people aware of that that if this bill passes, you can pretty much kiss any podcast that you like goodbye because. That's essentially what this bill will do is any copyrighted material, I'm talking about a movie, I'm playing a trailer, I'm playing a movie clip, it's automatic copyright infringement, bam, my website's down. So- yes, yeah, so
3: certain things like – things like this podcast won't really be looked at at the current time because no one really – no one's going to come from a big-wig company and assume this podcast is doing their, their titles bad. So they're really not going to fight anything, but yeah – Considering the new law, if that passes, everything and anything will be could be taken down at any moment.
2: Yeah, let's hope so.
3: So, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, I, I'm the same way. I don't know a I don't know a great deal amount of this, but I know enough to know what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, if if anyone out there wants to join the little fight against SOPA, go ahead do your do your research. And if you, I mean, if you're for it, you're for it. So do what you need to do, but definitely do your homework with it
2: yeah definitely so uh in regards to movie news search so it's been a while since you've been on mm-hmm. um and the dark knight rises i'm sure you've heard has yep. been you know crazy all over the internet you know we got the prologue uh we have the the trailer which the trailer broke uh a record for the most downloads in 24 hours it actually broke the avengers wow. record uh, you know bane can be understood in the trailer but in the prologue <laughs> uh the issue is is that the background noise is so loud that it causes people to not be able to hear Bane and you know Christopher Nolan says that he'll clean up essentially what he's got to do is i mean you got a guy with a mask you don't want it to be audibly clear because it's a dude with a mask on you know his mouth is covered so you have to have some sort of can't understand but you don't want to have it at the same time where you can't understand what your main villain is saying so um it's kind of interesting all the talk going on but you know he's got plenty of time to fix this we don't even have a new trailer yet which we'll probably get a new trailer in probably a couple months yeah sure it's going to fix a few things but what'd you think of the dark knight rises trailer
3: well just addressing what you were just talking about i'm pretty sure that i don't know how all companies do this but i know a lot of movie companies they usually Have a different type of trailer company that sets these trailers up. So it's not even Christopher. It's not like Christopher Nolan set out, made all these audio clips himself, and then he's taking the heat for it. Other other companies are sourced out to do this type of thing and make trailers and do the music and stuff. So it's totally different people. But um, going looking at the trailer, it was really cool. I watched it the night it came out, and at first I was kind of underwhelmed because there was a lot of. there was a lot of slow movements, and then it was a lot of talk, like, monologues in it with Anne Hathaway's character and Bane, but the more I, wa- I watched it a few times, the more I watched it, the more I took in all the, the different things they were saying, and it looks really good, it's uh, setting up to be a good finale, I'm hoping.
2: Yep, um, I uh, am a big fan of the Modern Myth Media podcast and Batman on Film. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman on Film is very in touch with the studio and the filmmakers. And Modern Myth Media basically has broken down the trailer scene by scene. Um, and there's a lot of stuff where you can actually see Batman or Bruce Wayne uh, in a suit, but with the Kyle on jumping out the window, which I never noticed before. I've seen this uh, so many times. I think I watched it like 20 times. And <laughs> each time you notice something different. And uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm not too worried about this whole Bane voice issue. I'm, I'm, nah. you know, Christopher Nolan, the guy can do no wrong at this point in time. So people just let's see what happens and, and take it from there. So I'm, I'm excited.
3: Yeah, me too. Definitely, it's on my must-watch list of 2012
2: so far yeah um let's see other interesting news ghost rider i saw the trailer it's that a lot of people didn't like the original ghost rider but they're going to try to make this more uh more darker and crazy and i have to admit after i saw the trailer i was pretty pumped for it uh how they're going to do some changes with the character and and the violence and stuff it's going to be pretty hardcore so i think it's still going to be pg-13 i think they were trying to shoot for an r rating so i'm not sure if you've seen that trailer yet have you
3: no, I'm probably committing American blasphemy, but I'm not really into Nicolas Cage. I think no. he's the lead, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's the lead. Yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, I never, saw, eyes, definitely.
3: Yeah, never really, I never saw the first one, so that this movie kind of goes beyond me. But I'll take your word for it. For the second one, maybe I'll catch it eventually on TV.
2: Yeah, no, uh, it's cool. Uh, you know, no big deal. Uh, you know, Nicolas Cage is definitely hit or miss. So, you know. Uh, I definitely hear you when you say you're not a big fan because, you know, he's pretty inconsistent. You never know if he's going to have a good hit, a bad hit, or whatever the case may be. So.
3: Yep, it's all over the place.
2: Yep. And uh, one big thing I'm super pumped about is uh, the Buffy movie is officially dead. Um, you know, a lot of people were complaining because uh, Josh Whedon wasn't going to be taken. Any part in the Buffy movie that they were gonna do, and not have Chrissy Swanson or Sarah Michelle Gellar, anything like that, and it looks like they're officially axing that movie. So I'm pretty pumped up about that as well. So I'm a yeah. Buffy fan. So. I never, yeah, I never
3: watched Buffy, but I've been hearing about this movie for a long time. Apparently, it's been in the works. So yeah. I'm kind of for for someone who doesn't watch it, I'm kind of glad that at least they decided to ax it before anything would uh anything would happen without the main actors and. It would suck that the continuity would be lost in that if they kept going.
2: Yeah. Uh, And probably the last piece I had for movie news is right after I posted the uh, Christmas, uh, you know, Sweep the Lake Nation uh, Christmas tribute episode, Gremlins, uh, news came out about has Warner Brothers decided to do a Gremlins 3? And uh, it's currently being looked at. They've actually bought a domain for it. Uh, Usually (laughs) they buy a domain when they're serious about coming up with a film and they bought Gremlin, uh, gremlins3.com so uh, it'll be interesting to see you know I said how would I feel about CGI you know gizmo and, and gremlins it's kind of like the Muppets Muppets work perfectly as they are and I think that gizmo and, and, Gre- and the gremlins would definitely be better uh, as puppets but you know, with the technology today, they can make the puppets so fluid. I mean, they look excellent back then. I still think it's perfect. Um, I'm I'm not a fan if they go CGI on this. So uh, what are your thoughts, sir, on Gremlins 3?
3: Well, have you – I assume you've seen Star Wars? Yes. So what are your thoughts on – did you like Yoda in the last uh,
2: series? Or? Yoda did look pretty aw- – I mean, the first one – looked a little weird. He got better in 2 and by part 3, I was like, he's flipping awesome looking. I yeah. mean, I, I get what you're trying to compare, that it could be like that. If they could pull it off, you know, I, I would be willing to check it out. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I don't want to watch this movie because it's CGI. I'm just hoping that if they go the CGI route, that they do it justice and don't, uh, and don't trash this franchise because the first two, there's only two, and they're loved and adored by many people. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna make a part three, just like Ghostbusters three, if you're gonna make a Ghostbusters three, make sure you do it right. So that that's the only thing I gotta say about that.
3: Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen these movies in a long, long time since I was probably a kid. But yeah, I'll definitely be willing to check them out. And I think CGI could work for something like that because you, they could make the CGI look close enough to what the puppets looked like, and then improve upon that instead of just changing it all together. So. Right. Exactly
2: so um, any interesting uh, music news that you have heard of this week sir
3: um not too much I was more interested to hear what you had because you I think you have more of a broad variety of music stuff that you like so
2: yeah yeah I, I try to be as uh, you know as diverse as humanly possible so and I you know I actually know what your list is for the upcoming uh, top 10. Uh, I've,
3: tweaked, I've tweaked it a few, uh, few changes, but I think for the most part it's similar to really? what you've seen. So yeah,
2: Good good deal, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to when we get into that piece because you and I have very diverse lists and I think a lot of people are going to be pretty entertained. If they're not going to like what I got, they're going to like what you got. Or if they don't like what I got, they're going to, you know.
3: Yeah, hopefully we cover all borders.
2: Um, today, uh, you know, Sinead O'Connor, uh, you know, big... Big hit in the '90s with you know nothing compares to you. She ended her 16-day marriage, you know. So they're getting <laughs> shorter and shorter every week. Yeah, we got we got a Kim Kardashian 72 days, and now Sinead O'Connor ends his 16-day marriage. Um, pretty interesting, of course. You know, Lady Gaga has to dress up like Batman. Um, I thought that was kind of a ridiculous look. Um, it's more like a, I don't know. It, it's kind of like a comic book, really, but. Uh, I saw just a couple pictures of it. I'm like, uh, I, I'm not really interested. You know, people with Lady Gaga, here's the thing. Uh, she's got a good voice. Uh, a lot of people like her music. But, you know, for me, she just, I don't know. It's like I, I consider her like a female version of Marilyn Manson. She's all about shock, you know, really. Right. And, uh, you know, like Katy Perry, she is like the perfect balance. She can be the perfect, cute, girl next door and then she can have a crazy outfit from the video et and look totally weird but still look down to earth at the same time uh madonna pulled that off back in the day uh kesha sometimes can pull that off but i just don't feel it when lady gaga does it so that's i don't know I don't, I'm
3: not jumping aboard these guys' bandwagons, but I have to say that, you know what, it's selling them albums, and it's helping the music industry, no matter what people say, so you gotta look at it in a good way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, they're doing, they're doing something right if they get this much attention.
2: Yeah, this is true, so, and, uh, and I watched the, um, I watched the top 50 videos of 2011, and, uh. Adele pretty much killed the the top five, and Adele she's kind of like uh, kind of like a bluesy type pop. Uh, you know, also, I think she's from England. Um,
3: yeah, I'm, she is English.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you've heard some of her songs, but "Rolling in the Deep" uh, was number one,
3: actually. So okay, yeah, I have that.
2: So yeah, she's it's good because she's different than anything
3: I've heard lately. Yeah, so I like hearing that at least with the. Popular consensus is someone different. It's not just the same conform thing.
2: Exactly. That, that's the thing. Man, I want. I. I do. I do give Lady Gaga props for originality. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying to be original, but it to me it comes off the wrong way. But I definitely love original artists. Uh, that's the thing. You don't want a sugar coated. You know this band sounds like this band. I definitely love. Diverse bands and music you know any rock and roll band that can put an orchestra or classical music in there I love that I, you know I just love mixing genres and music you know back in the day when it was uh, When Linkin Park first came out they were one of the first bands that people thought were hard rock and rap But really in 1995 um, There's another band that originally started that before they did so you know it I love I love diversity, but I love originality, and uh, you know, and I definitely give Adele her props that she's trying to be as original as possible. So,
3: good to yeah, know. definitely. And she's not, she's not the prototypical uh, physical model that people would uh, exactly. assume she would be, but when and then when you see her, she's like she's a little heavier but she has this amazing voice and you know what it's good because that's all that really matters in this business and i'm glad people are finally seeing that
2: yeah exactly i like the fact that she's a normal looking woman who's mm-hmm. not uh, a size 0 um, it, and you know there's some women that can are physically unable to gain weight you know that's different but if it's somebody who's trying to throw up you know or yeah. whatever just to try to be like the next model on the on the cover, that's that's a that's a bad thing, you know. Uh, like Taylor Swift, I love Taylor Swift. The girl can't gain weight. You know, no. she, she just can't do it. You know, and I like Adele for the fact of you know she's a normal. You know, some people would say she's fat, which you know I had a huge problem when people said Christina Aguilera was fat. I went off on that uh, that night that it was on the awards show. I went off on it on my next episode. Mm-hmm. I just can't stand it when people are calling normal sized women fat. Just. Irritates me to no end. So yeah, I, I hear you. I'm glad Adele is a average looking woman, uh, woman, and she's getting the props that she deserved. So so good to you, Adele. Glad you got number one on, on the videos there. So agreed. All right. So let's call it in for movie and music news, and let's take a quick break before we get into our top ten best singles and music of 2011. We are back. So uh, here is how we are going to do this. Um, Okay. So originally I sent out to everybody that I wanted to know what were your top 10 best singles of 2011. And singles are the songs that hit the radio. And uh, it had to come out in 2011 because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of songs that have come out in 2010. But – have made it big in 2011. For example, I know you really like the song. You, you like the band Perry yep. and the song um, "If I Die." You know, "If I Die Young," which that song's amazing. But it doesn't count as a 2011 single because it came out in 2010. Right. So that that was my rules. But you, sir, you I decided to to break the rules and you actually pick songs from what you told me off the actual albums that aren't even singles. So the only way people are going to know about this is because of you and to tell people to go on iTunes and download these particular songs. These are songs that resonated with you the most in 2011. Yep. So that's kind of how you did your list. So um, it's cool that you're breaking the rules because the STL Nation did that as well in their email. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stick to my uh, how I said I was going to do it, but I'm also going to have a lot of honorable mentions, which are songs that came out in 2010, Made it big in 2011, but I did not add it to my list. So, okay. And before we actually go into uh, what they are, we're going to give you guys a, a little clip of uh, each song because it's kind of hard to talk about a song, especially if someone's never heard it. We're going to pick like our favorite parts of the tune and play it for you, and, uh, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. So that's going to be it. Why don't we start off with you, sir? Uh, what is your number 10?
3: My number 10 is... Dead in a Grave by Rev Theory. It came out with their new album, Justice, this year.
2: Alright, so tell me a little bit about the the band and and the song and why you like it.
3: Alright, well, they're more of a harder rock. They're not quite Screamo, but they they push the limit basically between hard rock and really, really hard rock, which I use this, I never uh, knew who this band was before uh, last year. And I remember just going I think it was on uh Pandora. I was searching around just for music that I could use at the gym just hard hard stuff that would keep me pumped up and keep me going right and I ended up hearing rev theory they're they're similar to bands like um Adelita's way I know is a little bigger um they're similar to like similar to that I think they're like a little harder than um types of bands like Block Party or Lincoln Park or something like that. But I, I like the uh, definitely like this song because it just gets me going. It's one of those uh, songs I really have to think about when I listen to it. It just keeps me pumped up and it gets me going.
2: Sweet. Do you have before I go in and start my top ten? Do you have any honorable mentions that you want to list uh, that didn't make your top ten?
3: Um, I actually kept it pretty slim. So whatever my top ten is, I'm gonna leave it with that, and I'm I kept it pretty pretty easy to go. Okay.
2: Sweet. All right. Well, before I get into my number ten, some of my runners up. uh, If I Die Young um, by the band Perry. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard it. It's kind of it's from a country band, but they've uh, pretty much crossed over. It's a really slow song. If you watch American Idol this year, Lauren Elena actually sang the song. Uh, Came out in 2010, made it big in 2011. Um, You know, my second favorite band, Skillet. They had a great year this year. And uh, Hero, Monster, and Awaken Alive all hit the radio, had major, major radio play. And Awaken Alive actually got on the Transformers 3 soundtrack. However, the only single released in 2011 is one of the songs that I had uh, on earlier episodes called It's Not Me, It's You. Uh, so those three songs, Monster, Hero, and Alive, uh, Awaken Alive did not hit my top ten. Um, I actually like Criminal from Britney Spears really sweet. Cool song. I did a review on that on the Facebook page. It's got a Latin flavor to it. Video is really awesome. It's a Bonnie and Clyde type of video. Uh it's good to see Britney Spears back in action and she's kinda changed her style around and she's pretty much dance techno now, which hmm. which I really I really dig I really dig how she's changing up her style, kinda like Madonna, but she's doing it better than Madonna did when Madonna tried to go techno dance.
3: So is it kinda like Cascada
2: in a way? Uh you know, you're hearing the clips, sir. So uh, you'll whenever I guess I
3: judge it myself.
2: Yeah, you'll judge it yourself after you. Uh, if I have Britney Spears in this top ten, you'll hear. You'll probably hear a clip of it, and then you can judge it off that. So, uh, and then I like the Black Eyed Peas song, which was a remake from the Dirty Dancing. I had the time of my life. That was good, but that did not hit my top ten. And um, Pink's "F and Perfect," which later would be changed to. Um, you're, you know, you're perfect for the radio edit came out in 2010. So it didn't hit my 2011. So, and then also almost cracked my top 10 was, and even though I said this song was hot and I played it on earlier episodes, uh, was Remedy by Disciple. Um, I had to reevaluate my top 10 and pick songs that pretty much stay with me all year. And that almost cracked the top 10. So that is what I got for my runners up. So number 10 is... David Cook, if you couldn't tell, the name of that song is Don't You Forget About Me, which is a remake of the Breakfast Club song that we all know and love. And uh, David Cook, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, sir, but he was an American Idol winner. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, from the clip, you can pretty much tell he does it flawlessly, but he does it uh, definitely updated. Um, I was never a big David Cook fan. However, this song – As soon as I heard it, I had to download it. I love The Breakfast Club. It definitely brings me back to the 80s. But this song is updated, but it pays homage to the original. Um, That's why I love this song and why it hit my top 10 because I play it a lot of times. Uh, It gave me a new, better outlook on David Cook. And uh, it's just good to hear a good song that I love from the 80s redone. Kind of like when um, Alien Ant Farm they redid "Smooth Criminal" from Michael okay. Jackson, and they made it like uh, faster and rocker. And this is exactly the way it sounds as the original, but more updated rock. So I, I like updated songs like that. So
3: that's cool. Time. It'd be it'd be fitting that a song from the 80s pops back up in your top ten of new music choices.
2: Yes, yes. So what is your number nine, sir? Number nine, it's.
1: I know a there's nothing you can say to me, I run every time we got two tickets but the one way And I went with it so I can't say no I lit A little fuse I can't stop, I open doors I can't
3: Run Every Time by Gavin DeGraw off his new album Sweeter.
2: Sweet Gavin DeGraw is a good time, sir.
3: Yeah, he's this song's more a little bit more mainstream than his others because he'll have some pretty crazy songs, but I like this one. It's probably the one I've. It's just really catchy. I've just played this one quite a bit off the new album.
2: And now, so far, the two you've listed are not actual singles that have hit the radio. These are just these two are off the actual album that you really dug the most, right?
3: Yeah, and I was talking about it with you about the singles and the regular songs, but I couldn't limit myself to the singles because it just wasn't really what I was feeling.
2: Right, no, that's cool. I, I was just seeing if uh, if so far, if anyone on your list, if any of them actually hit the radio, those are the ones that I want to know about just okay, so that way it will be more familiar to people. Because, I mean, yeah. obviously every song on an album is pretty much singles nowadays because you can buy them individually on iTunes, but I'm just saying radio play. Did it get any radio play? So you're saying no, which is cool because Gavin DeGraw, you know, he's some of his stuff is actually better than his singles most of the time. Yeah, he has
3: a. I think actually a lot of his songs are better than the than the few singles that he's come out with recent. So this is, I think, one of them.
2: Good deal. My number nine is. Um, I I do have to say, sir, um, before I say who that was, uh, we, our genres, man, we got everything covered. We got got dance, we got rock, we got pop, we got underground, we got Christian, we got country, we got everything up on this list, sir. I'm pretty sure we got some diversity on this sucker.
3: Yeah, Uh, we definitely covered all bases on here.
2: That song is an underground song from my boy Vanilla Ice, Turn It Up. And you suckers just jammed to that, and you know that it was Vanilla Ice. Well, you didn't know it was Vanilla Ice, but now you do. So now you got to go on and buy that song because it's flipping awesome. I love this song because number one, um, I reviewed this album on the on this you know on the Facebook page, where um, this is the first Vanilla Ice album I got, where there wasn't any anger and hatred and swearing and all that stuff. Um, you know Vanilla Ice uh, was really big. And then, you know, went down the crapper and he reinvented himself by going heavy metal. Uh, and he got a new following in the underground. So like Insane Clown Posse. Have you ever heard of those guys? No, I haven't. OK. They're a real crazy rap group. But he the, he started doing all of his albums underground based. And um, on the Ninja Turtles, obviously, you guys heard the re the remix version of uh, of Ninja Rap, and uh, you know I've placed Ice Ice Baby before. You know he redid those two classics, but this album is kind of a fun. Uh, let's get together and just and just dance. A lot of great dance songs, um, a couple of good funny songs. But as I said, uh, all of his albums have been parental advisory. Uh, he he swears a lot because he had a, a really bad drug problem and stuff. And this is the first time where uh, his family's good, his wife's good, his kids good. Uh, he, his business is building, um, taking mansions and flipping them. So he's a, he's very happy on this album. And this is kind of the best party song, and it's also a single that you probably didn't hear because it came from the underground. So that was Vanilla Ice and turn it up. So pretty awesome. That's awesome. And what is your number eight, sir? It is...
3: It's uh, King of Broken Hearts. Now, I like this song. It's I like the lyrics in this song because it's talking about just rebuilding and how you gotta, like, rise up and everything. But Carolina Liar's a cool little band because they're kind of not... They're not techno, but they have, like, this kind of techno beat to a lot of their songs that pops up. Right. So it's pretty... They, they sound pretty unique. Like, the guy has a higher voice for a guy, so it's... It's cool to listen to them because I haven't really heard anything like them on the radio. I'm trying to think of their – anything that's really more popular that people would know of from them. but Yeah, probably not because – not, Definitely not tons of it. But there has been – like they have a song called California Bound. I know that's been on TV. That's probably, that's probably the their single. Okay. That or I'm Not Over. I think those two have been on TV. All right. Good deal.
2: And uh my um number uh my number 8 is Okay, so that was Taylor Swift and the Story of Us. So I love Taylor Swift, and the song I dig the most from her new album is Better Than Revenge because it's an Avril Lavigne um, rock pop song where she talks about, you know, you may have stole my man, but I always get the, I always win in the end because I get to write a song about how nasty you are. Uh, but Story of Us was uh, big on the radio. I love the video. Um, I dig the song because it's more uh, rockin'. For Taylor Swift and, you know, because Taylor Swift is definitely country pop, but this is kind of the more rockin' version of Taylor Swift. And uh, this song was pretty big for a couple of weeks, so that's why I picked the Story of Us. It's just because the video is really cool, uh, the song is really good, and uh, and it's a different kind of flavor for Taylor Swift. So if you're not a big fan of Taylor Swift, you can listen to this song, and you may be able to change your your mind about her so that's what my number eight is sir
3: that's really cool because i remember hearing taylor swift back before she got popular and she had that song tim mcgraw yeah yeah and it was like prototypical country song and it's cool to to know that she's like kind of branching out especially uh her type of music because she usually stays within her confines pretty tight
2: oh let me just say taylor swift wrote every single song on this new album with no help she wrote all the music she did all the lyrics because she writes every single song but she usually has a co-writer this particular album she wrote every single song all right sir and your number seven is
3: years ago by toby keith and this comes off the recent album clancy's tavern i was gonna go i'm not sure if you're familiar with the widely popular red solo cup song that's been pretty big uh, lately
2: yeah uh, toby keith he is he's he's good times he's definitely he's like kid rock man he's all about the american flag and and all about patriotism and he is he's the pimp of country music man
3: so. Yeah, I was definitely going to – I was going to go with Red Solo Cup because that's been, like, the funniest song I've heard in a long time. It's even my friend's ringtone with me when he starts going on about how the cup is his friend and uh, – but I had to go with Beers Ago because it's just a really good song. Like, a lot of his stuff, he yeah, like you said, it's a very American-based or he's usually talking about drinking. But I like this song because even though it is alcohol-based, it's, like, not, like – a bad rated song like that, like it's right. it's catchy and you can listen to it. Anyone can listen to it and just catch on with
2: it. Sweet, it's good times. Good times. All right, and my number seven is. I I told you Britney Spears would make my list, and she did, and uh, and that's Till the World Ends. Um, my kids, flipping love that song, and it's probably because she says, oh, 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 like a couple hundred times. Um, um, I, you, Have you not heard this song, sir, Till the World Ends?
3: I am sure if I heard it now, I'd recognize it, but I can't pull it off top of memory.
2: Oh, uh, okay. So, this is where Britney has, you know, Britney Spears is hit or miss. Um, you know her first three CDs were really good, and then she was bad, and that's when she was going through a depression area and having problems with the kids and Kevin and stuff. But uh, this latest CD that came out has uh, "Till the World Ends" on there, and this is a techno dance tune that is is super catchy, super easy to dance to, and everybody can can disregard the fact that it comes from Britney Spears and just have a good time. And Britney reinvented herself with this song and um, she kind of has like a computer voice that she's doing now. uh, But at the same time, it's not because it's clearly her voice and it's not synthesized or anything like that. So I really like how she's doing her, her voice tactic now really good. I love this song. Um, It's really great uh, to see Britney back. And, uh, and I, I highly recommend that you want a good dance song That you download the rest of this song Till the world ends That's my number 7
3: Cool
2: What's your number 6 sir? Number 6 is I was weaving with the drunks
0: Singing Sinatra loud I let go
1: of love Once it finally had me figured out I
0: was very Treasure, but no one ever
1: came to mark the spot So I got good, had pleasure, and started tying tighter knots, so and sad can't catch me. Or call me baby now. When it's all I used to believe if the sun
3: Room at the End of the World by Matt Nathanson, and off the album Modern Love. It's his third album, and uh, you'd pro- everyone probably heard the song "Come on Get Higher" that was all over the radio last year, and I uh, probably early this year too. Right. Um, this song's really good. I like his indie type of singer songwriter vibe. I remember hearing him over. I put a uh, adult alternative channel on TV on the cable vision, yep. and that's when I first heard him with the song Car Crash. And ever since, I remember waiting for this new album and I heard the the single Faster that came out for this album that yep. I could have used. Um, it was a little different. It was a little more like, he sings upbeat, but it was a little like, quote unquote, faster than, usual, than his usual songs. It was different, but I'm glad he definitely stuck to his roots with a lot of the songs, and this is one of them.
2: Good deal. All right. And my number six is... And that's E.T. by Katy Perry. Um, this song, the moment I heard it, I fell in love with it. Um, it's got a killer hook. I just, you know, oh, I can't. Ex- Let's just say the Kanye West remix version, I do not like because, number one, not a fan of Kanye West. I think he's a complete arrogant douchebag. But um, the original version of Katy Perry's E.T. is flipping amazing. Um, Got a really good, uh, simple drum beat to it. Um, The lyrics are simple. Um, I mean, you can pretty much tell it's just, you know, trying to Talk about how no one accepts her boyfriend and treats him like you know he's an extraterrestrial, but how he makes her feel—it's just a really catchy tune. Uh, I've loved it the moment I heard it. Um, It was in my top five for a long time, but other songs have creeped up in there. But I definitely love this song. Uh, It was pretty huge and really set Katy Perry off to get all the tunes that we got for the rest of the for the rest of the year, which is you know. last friday night and and stuff like that so mm-hmm. so et that song's awesome so that that's my number six sir
3: that's really cool i, I like Katy perry she's different i obviously you, you probably tell from my list i'm not too into the today's pop type of stuff like britney spears or any of that but uh katie perry is a little different because i like the way she she actually sings and her songs are pretty catchy and they're good
2: yep well hey don't forget sir you know i've covered country already i've covered oh, yeah. underground i've covered dance so you it's know now not I'm not doing pop so you you can't be just saying all poppy stuff it's not like i'm throwing No it. i
3: mean that all the pop a lot of the poppy stuff in right. general these no, days
2: no I, I get you. i'm just messing with you so <laughs> all right sir what's your number 5 uh, 5 is
3: by Matt Kearney. All and
2: right. He is good time, sir.
3: Matt Kearney is good. He's I I wish he was bigger than he is. He's really like a lot of people really don't know who he is, but I actually saw him in concert in the city uh probably two or three months ago now and he was just as good. I know a good singer is like you know when they're good when they sound just as awesome, awesome on exactly alive uh, when they're yeah. in the on the uh, album itself. Right. And he's one of those guys. He opened up for Owl City, which I'm not really a fan of Owl City, but uh, Matt Kearney was definitely worth the worth the trip out to the city for me.
2: Sweet. Yeah, he uh, he's got some good hits. Um, yeah, he, I definitely recommend anybody check him out. He's pretty awesome, so good times. Alright, my number five is I Call you up when I know he's at home.
1: I jump out of skin when he picks up the phone. Why can't I tell if he's looking at me? Should I give him a smile? Should I get up and leave? I know it's strange. I don't know what I'm thinking. But is it wrong if I see him this weekend?
2: All right, now before you guys give me crap on this song, the only reason that I love this song is because of my kids. Um, you know, I had Jason on here, and we talked buried, um, and we, we talked, you know, TV shows like uh, Victorious and and iCarly and stuff. And this song is uh, best uh, best friends brother BFB from Victoria Justice. Um, it's got a killer killer. Oh, my God. Killer beginning. Um, The chorus is very catchy. The video is very funny. I really like Victoria. She's very talented. Um, I picked this song because my favorite song from the Victoria's album that came out is Freak the Freak Out and then followed after that would be um, You're the Reason, uh, which she's now done a remixed slow, acoustic version of that, which I'm not a fan of. But uh, because this was a single that came out in 2011 is why I chose it. But my daughters play this song all the time. It gets stuck in your head. And, uh, and kind of as a treat to them, I put it in my top five because I've heard this song numerous times. And it's just a great dance uh, party song. Uh, it's, it's like a Pop rock dance song, which is pretty different out there, Um, and you know, and victorious is really good actress. So, well, not good actress, but she's entertaining at least on the Victoria show. So, it's good to to get the song out. So, that's that's my pick there, sir. Cool. All right. And what is your number four, sir? My number four is.
3: Coldplay and it's Charlie Brown uh off their new album Milo
2: Ziloto. All right so why are you a Coldplay fan sir because I'm not a big Coldplay fan. No I
3: I enjoy them and I don't really like I like a lot of British rock um probably the quintessential British rock like the Beatles I'm definitely not a fan of which is kind of funny and a lot of people always argue me on that one right but Coldplay is they're unique you need to have like they definitely do things their own way, which I right. definitely like. Like, their album X and Y is very, like, they have a lot of themes to their songs. Right. So X and Y is very space-oriented. And then, yeah, Viva La Vida is very, like, country, different, international-based. And the new one sings, seems to follow in that kind of sense. But right. it's a little more, like, I've heard people call this album more industrial rock. Uh huh. They like to use a lot of different... Uh, different types of instruments and charlie brown just definitely demonstrates that
2: good deal yeah um what are like besides coldplay british rock to, just to kind of give people ideas um do you like oasis or like what's
3: I, your which your... i have oasis on my ipod i like um there's a band called embrace they're british um I, obviously u2's probably one of the biggest ones i have right And I'd have to look around my iTunes for more. But there's definitely a good few British artists that I have. Good deal. All Uh, right. Well, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Well, uh, Travis uh, is one of them. And Take That is from the 90s. But they came back recently with, I think, three new albums. Okay. And since then, I've found the last three I really enjoy. They're British also.
2: Good deal. All right. Well, my number four is... And uh, this is 12 Stones Bulletproof. Um, 12 Stones is one of my favorite um, hard rock bands. I love these guys. Um, They were actually supposed to come out with an album in 2011, but due to the fact that they were on Wind Up Records, which if you guys know, Wind Up Records um, holds Evanescence and Creed. As the two big acts of that record label. They were on that label for a while, but due to the fact of uh, promotion wise, they never promote this band. Um, They're considered the underdogs, so to speak. Um, If you've seen, I know you and Ty, you guys reviewed the movie um, Never Back Down. Yeah, and I love during that in the movie, you know when he comes up to high school for the first time and they're playing that song in the background where it goes, and you may never know who I am. That's called Anthem for the Underdog. That's them. Yep, that's okay. Twelve Stones. Yep, and uh, they uh, Lie to Me was was on the radio. Um, the excellent, excellent band, but because of the fact that they didn't want to release the album 2011, they decided to drop the record label, um, and they finally found a new place. But they released an EP out, which has um, uh, I played that on earlier versions. And then um, Bulletproof was the first single off what their new album was going to be, but unfortunately got postponed six months. So this coming year, 2012, will be New 12 Stones. And uh, I've gotten a lot of my fans into 12 Stones. John, um, I like I'm calling him John the Music Man now, which is John from Philly. He's a big 12 Stones fan now because of this song, Bulletproof. Um, great tune. Love it. Um, and they definitely are – scream. they scream sometimes. I've played various songs, but mm-hmm. they only do it to accent the song, kind of like Pillar, my favorite band. They yeah. will only accent the, – they'll only scream at certain points. But they, um, they've they done acoustic uh, songs with Chris Daughtry before. Well, Chris Daughtry helped write the song, but they've done acoustic, and uh, they can pretty much do anything. So these guys are awesome. So that's my number four. Awesome. All right, sir. What is your number three?
0: Running through my head. But now the tables have turned, it's a memories instead.
3: Getting down to it, number three is Ceasefire by Howie Day, and this is actually off an EP album that came out recently, rather than a full full entire album, a studio album. But this is his 2011 release, and uh, Ceasefire is probably a little. Howie Day does tends to do more uh, acoustic and low low toned kind of music, and yep. Ceasefire is a little more rockish and heavier on the guitar, which I really enjoy. That's why I picked this one off the EP. Okay. Um, He's probably similar to bands like The Fray and Augustana and uh, Better Than Ezra. All right. So I really enjoy him. I'm actually going to go see him in concert uh, next month. Good deal. Yep.
2: Awesome. All right. My number three is... You guys will know this song because it was uh, previously a spotlight song. It's Skillet. It's not me, it's you. And uh, Skillet, if you guys obviously don't know, Skillet's a Christian rock band. You know, I mentioned this before, but maybe it may not have come across. But this song, they ain't talking about God. They're talking about you guys are a loser. You need to get out of my life because you dragged me down. And I can't pray for you anymore because... All you do is say stupid things, drag me down, and that's what the song's about. Because sometimes us people, we just get pissed off, and that's what this song is all about. And I love it. And uh, it uh, it's the single that came out in 2011, uh, hit radio, rocks, charts pretty fast. Um, Again, Monster, Awaken, Alive, and Hero all hit it big you know I did a big review on the skillet concert on the Ninja Turtles 2 episode. Um, I played tons of skillet music on that. Um, I've got a few fans of the STL nation in the skillet they really dig them and, uh, and they sing about everything uh, which is really awesome. They sing about relationships and, and um, suicide. Tons and tons of themes that they sing about. They're very diverse, and that's why people love them. They actually go on tour all the time. Uh, They've been like Ozfest and tons, you know, they've toured with Disturbed and um, they've opened for Creed. Um, they they've opened for tons of bands and uh, a lot of people will give them crap like oh why are you wearing an ACDC shirt you know aren't you supposed to be a Christian band and they're like what are you talking about ACDC is my favorite band and they're like oh really uh, they got they have classical music inside their uh, inside their music their drummer is Jen Ledger who's from Australia she's a killer drummer but most of all she has a beautiful voice uh, which I've showcased throughout uh, this year and um, his wife is the guitar player and keyboard player so they do a lot of keyboard stuff in their music and then the guitar player is one killer awesome guitar soloist so excellent band very diverse and that's why people like skillet because as i mentioned before when i went to the concert there was a 60 year old couple there and (laughs) and and my nine-year-old was there and everybody could just rock out to these guys because they do pop they do hard rock they do um classical i mean they do everything and the themes are all all around anything you can think of they sing about so excellent band that's why they're my number two favorite band i love skillet and it definitely had to crack my top three so that's what my pick is for number three sir awesome that's great so what is your number two where have you
1: been? You've been replaced by the masters of spin who make good looking books and write history in. We're selling the news. The lines start to blur, I get so confused. I get shiny new models mixed up with the blues. I get binary code mixed up with abuse. The facts are simply one option to choose. When nothing is sacred, there's nothing to lose. When nothing is sacred, all is consumed. We're still on the air, it must be the truth. We're selling the news. I wanna believe you, I wanna believe you.
3: Two is uh, Switchfoot and it's uh, "Selling the News," which Sweet. is an interesting pick for me because when I first heard this song off the album, I thought it was really, really weird. And I'm not used to Switchfoot doing kind of rapping, right? Or or at least talking without without doing uh, rhythmic singing. Like right. it was it was it was definitely their probably their most juxtaposed song of any uh, anything that they've done in a while. But um, this comes off the album Vice Versus, which is actually – they had four albums worth of material before they came out with the previous album before this. So this – yeah, this is the second of the four. And I just – Switchfoot's awesome because like you were talking about Skillet, these guys do a lot of different things. They're really not held down by boundaries. They were originally labeled as Christian rock. Right. And I don't think you could say that for them anymore. And they just do a lot of different things. And I like the – I think it was Ty who was saying in one of the episodes of his uh, movie podcast that he doesn't really appreciate when things kind of take political leanings. Right. But uh, this song, Selling the News, obviously within the title you could tell it definitely has a voice. And I kind of appreciate that because even if I don't agree with something that people say with a political tie, I at least appreciate their opinion on it, especially if they're able to vocalize it like they do.
2: Right. And you know, you're right. Switchfoot originally um, started off in that market. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of bands did. Evanescence did. You know, Chris Daughtry did. Um, and th- th- the thing is, you can't label music. You know, you don't go and hire a Christian. Plumber, you hire a plumber. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, a lot of bands that people listen to nowadays, they don't realize where they originally came from. I mean, uh, like you said, Switchfoot, uh, Skillet, they sing about everything. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, relationships, heartache, everything. You know, and that's the thing. Uh, uh, Switchfoot isn't. Labeled, uh, you know, they go outside the boundaries and they've changed up their musical style, and yeah. uh, and people recognize that. and And I hear you on that. That uh, it's good when bands can break outside the boundaries because whenever you get a label, it always sucks and really limits your audience. But uh, it, it's good times, sir. I'm glad you picked Switchfoot because those guys are those guys are pretty awesome. So, yeah, they definitely are. All right, and my number two is. Okay, Uh, you guys heard this song as a spotlight song when I had Jason on for Buried, which is Selena Gomez' uh, Love love You Like a Love song. Um, Real catchy tune. I mean, this is one song just to beat alone. You can't get out of your head. Um, I definitely heard this song on the Disney Channel, and me and Jason were just talking about how we hate the Disney Channel because they make good music, and it's really annoying, but <laughs> you can't help the fact of they make good music, and it gets stuck in your head. Uh, I've played this song numerous times, um, and it's actually my wife's ringtone. Uh, really good, happy song. You know, It's pretty much the beginning of a relationship with somebody, and you just can't stop thinking about them. And when she does the, the repeat the repeat part, she sounds like Max Max Hedron, and okay. she actually in the video does look like Max Hedron when she's doing that part, so I really dig the video, and how and she plays different parts in the video, but this song is definitely pop, but it's uh, definitely uh, in your head, you can't get out, sing it in the shower song, uh, I really dig it, and uh, it was my number one for quite a while, but uh, my number one song is definitely definitely worth being number one but yeah this is my number two love you like love song selena gomez so
3: she's good i like listening to her Even, yep. she's like a guilty pleasure yeah
2: definitely all right sir so what is your number one back to my town back to your life grace
3: All right, My number one is John McLaughlin, and it's off the album Forever If Ever, and it's a song called Summer Is Over. Uh, he's perhaps my favorite singer as of this point. Um, he's basically piano rock, which I've heard him – he's basically compared to like – the piano that he plays is basically compared to, like, between Billy Joel and, like, Elton John. Like, he's crazy. I've seen him in concert. Nice. And he gets real low to the piano, and he just lets it go. Like, his hands look like they're flying. It doesn't even look like he presses anything. Really? It's, yeah, it's really crazy. I, I love watching him, and his songs are great. They're very – he's another singer-songwriter type, so a lot of his songs are very, like – they have a lot of heart in them. You can definitely tell. Um, uh, this song definitely it talks about the summer and just – uh, love ending for whatever reason and because of the seasons changing and boundaries and all that kind of thing. I really like him. He's he's probably not uh, well known, but he has. He's been on a, featured on a few films like that movie Enchanted from a few years
2: back. Right, right, good film.
3: Yeah, Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey. Yep. His, he had a song that uh, I believe ended closed out the movie. Nice. But uh, that's my number one, and he's my favorite singer so he's definitely my number one
2: sweet and um when you talk about piano players i do have to admit lady gaga is pretty awesome on the piano but and i love like you said um a performer on the uh on the piano i'd love to see what this guy looks like i'll have to check out some youtube videos just to see how crazy he is on the piano because i definitely dig that yeah. if you can go crazy on a piano because piano is really hard to play
3: he does it uh, like when i saw him in concert he was sweating all over the place he was moving so fast and he um, he sings when he he writes all of his songs. He sings while he plays the piano, and then he just does these crazy piano solos within the middle. And it's but it's mixed in with the guitar and the drums, so it's not just like lounge music. It's like pop and soft rock music. So I really like it for that. And if anyone gets a chance on YouTube, I know uh, his song called Industry. Uh-huh. That's probably his like probably his finest piano playing to date. I believe in the beginning, for, at least for me, I really like
2: watching that. Sweet. All right. So before I say what my number one is, let me just kind of explain the song first. Um, This song uh, is dedicated to Batman. And (laughs) I, I know it sounds weird, but here's the deal. This song comes off the Arkham City soundtrack. And this song was exclusively made uh, based on the game. Now, I know me and you were joking the other day about your lack of not picking up Arkham City, <laughs> yeah. that you're an idiot, and, and you got rid of it because you want to wait for it to get cheaper. You know, I gave you a bunch of crap for it, which, you know, it's cool. And I Arkham City, I love, and Arkham City is a very, very dark game. I mean, we're talking like the Dark Knight times two. I mean, it's pretty hardcore game. And uh, this song is written based on the fact of, from Batman's perspective, and it's called in you, um, and when you hear the lyrics, um, it says, I don't want to drown in you, I'm sinking and I'm torn in two. So, when you see me come up for air, don't try to hold me down, uh, don't let me drown in you. Um, and the reason why I give you the lyrics is um, this song uh, is sung by my favorite singer of two, uh, my favorite singer just the past 10 years. I absolutely love this guy. Not gonna tell you who it is because I'm gonna play you the song. And you're gonna listen to it, and it rocks. And if you love guitar solos, this is probably one of the best guitar solos I've heard in the past five years. It's got like a '80s Bon Jovi-ish, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses type heavy uh, guitar solo. It's pretty awesome. But anyways, the song is pretty dark. It's coming from Batman's perspective. And uh, check it out. It's called Drowning You.
0: Where you can light the fire and watch it burn Lay it down and lose it all It's taken me so far beyond the point of no return Gave all that I had when hope was gone Is this real
1: or is it just another crazy dream That someday soon will fade
2: Okay, so that song was from Daughtry. My boy Chris Daughtry wrote this song because he loves Batman. And they said his new album was coming out, and they said that, uh, you know, we need a song uh, for the Batman: Arkham City soundtrack. He's like, I got one. Let me, you know, he's like, I can write one up. I got a few ideas in my head. And it was exclusive to the soundtrack. The only way you can get it is by buying the soundtrack. You couldn't get it on his new album. His new album's amazing. I've reviewed it. On, um, I reviewed it on the Facebook page. But the reason why this song is number one is because number one, it's dedicated to Batman, which I love. Batman. Uh, it's my favorite game of the year. Uh, this song really puts you in the mood. Every time I hear this song, I want to play the game. Uh, it puts me in the actual scenes of some of the lyrics. And uh, I love Chris Daughtry, and the way he sings this song, the chorus is so crazy. He goes so high and then so low, and then the guitar solo is amazing. Um, he hasn't really done a song like this. Like, it's pretty rocking, man. It, it's rocking more than his usual stuff. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, technically, my favorite song of 2011 is what I played last week, which is the letter black um, hanging by a thread. <laughs> that song over 200 times but came on 2010 and as i said i wanted to pick a 2011 song so really hanging by a thread is my favorite song of 2011 but if i'm picking a 2011 song daughtry john and you hands down is my number one flipping love this song so so that's it go out and buy it it's awesome
3: that's awesome he's come a long way i remember i think that was the last season i watched american idol yes when he was on it
2: Season five—that was the best thing that ever happened to him—was to get kicked off. And and you know before that he had his own band and he took a lot of his songs from his old band and put it on his first album. He writes mm-hmm. all his own music. Um, you know he writes all his own lyrics. And I I respect artists that do that. If you are an artist, for example, Britney Spears, yep. you don't write your own lyrics, so I kind of have a problem with you, even though I can dance to you. I I love people that write their own music. Um, that gets a hundred times more respect from me to you if you write your own lyrics and music.
3: Definitely. I totally agree with that.
2: Yeah. All right, sir. So that is it. That's the longest part of our episode. It's definitely not going to take us that long to talk about (laughs) movies. Uh, But uh, I definitely wanted to throw that out there because of the fact of when you talk about music, not everybody knows what the tunes are and stuff. So I'm glad we got that out of the way, sir. So good times.
3: Yeah, it was fun. Thanks.
2: All right. So let's talk about – our top 10 favorite movies of 2011. Now, I did say in this particular category that mm-hmm. it could be any movie that you've seen this year. It could have came out in 2010, which is why with the music, I was right. specific that it had to come out in 2011 because I wanted to be at least one-sided one way and then do whatever the other way. But I do have to admit, out of my top 10, only one movie came out in 2010. The rest of them all came out this year. So my top 10 is pretty awesome, at least I think so. so. I'm <laughs> all sure right. I'll agree. All right, sir. So do you have any – you go first. Do you have any honorable mentions that did not hit your top ten?
3: Um, Honorable mentions probably. Um, I saw The Hangover Part 2, and I never saw the first one in the movies. Ugh. So when I went to see the second one, it's it's an honorable mention. It didn't make my top ten. But you know what? It had me laughing out loud, so I do give it props for that. I did enjoy it. So I'll I'll display it on here just because it, it had me laughing pretty pretty hard. Okay um then I saw uh, the other movie that I saw this year was oh, the, um the Lincoln lawyer okay it was with Matthew McConaughey yep, yep and I'm not a fan of Matthew McConaughey um just out of film and in film he doesn't really do it for me he usually plays the same type of guy yep. uh in in any movies he does and then out of film I've heard he's just kind of ridiculous but you know what in this movie it was it was a good change up for him he he kind of had that same persona about him as he does in a lot of his movies, but it kind of twisted it and in a good way. It kind of broke him out of that mold a little bit, and I like that movie. Nice. And I uh, I saw Sucker Punch, but that's not going on my honorable mentions this year. So. Really? And I think that'll wrap it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, Sucker Punch is on my honorable mentions. Now, here's the thing. Um, Sucker Punch is a really deep movie. I mean, a lot of it's people don't realize what this movie's about, that uh, – the women are being sexually abused. Well, and the main character um, goes into uh, a dream world while she's being sexually abused to not actually have to go through it. I mean, that's right. essentially what this movie's about. And a lot of people didn't get it. Definitely
3: heavy. It was definitely a very definitely heavy, heavy movie.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I do, I thought it was a very good movie. It didn't crack my top 10, but this movie needs more respect than it got. Um, just because of how heavy it was. And I think because people didn't get it is the reason why people didn't like it. I know there's a lot of good arguments why the movie wasn't good and people were worried about Superman, man of steel coming up. But you know what? I got it. I understood it. And I thought it was pretty deep. But uh, you're right, it didn't crack my top 10. It, either, so.
3: Yeah, it was, like, I understand what they were going for, and it was a very bold move to try to fix, like, they were mixing this type of manga with fantasy action type of movie and a period piece, so it had a lot a lot of different ways. It was really hard to pinpoint exactly where it was coming from. Yeah. So I think that's one of the problems with it. But, I mean, it was beautifully shot, I have, like, the graphics and everything in it were really well done, so I have to give it props for that.
2: Sweet. So, uh, if you don't have any more honorable mentions, what's nope. number ten? All right, number ten is "Take Me Home Tonight." All right. Um, that was
3: uh, that came out, I think, in March, and I saw that in the movies. It was a limited release movie, I think, so it wasn't it wasn't everywhere.
2: Right. It's because uh, what's his name from the '70s show is the main character. Topher Grace. Yep. Topher Grace. Yeah. Uh, that uh,
3: he was in it uh that uh dan fogler i believe his name he's he's get he's all over the place now too i think he's in a new show on abc i think man up okay um but he's starting to get a little bigger and uh the actress anna Farris, who kind of looked like uh Kristen stewart like kind of look alike at first when she popped up i I didn't know what was going on for a minute but I as the movie went on I kind of enjoyed her character I liked her and this movie definitely had it, it did what it set out to do it brought a, brought upon like the feel of the 90s and it had all the music from the 90s and I mean I was a kid back then but I still remember it pretty well and it definitely did that and it was it was just a really fun movie I, one of those leave your brain at the door type of movies
2: sweet all right so uh, my honorable mentions uh, I am number 4 um, I thought it was really good in the ending, like, t- turned into a horror movie almost. It was kind of <laughs> crazy. And do um, you know
3: who that was, uh, who wrote the movie? Or no. Who cr- no. It was uh, Al Goff and Miles Miller, the creators of Smallville.
2: Nice, nice. Yep. Um, Insidious? um Pretty. Uh, there was one scene that actually freaked me out. It was a daytime scene. I wasn't expecting it. Um, it's basically a demon that looks like Darth Maul. Um, <laughs> it was pretty good. pretty good horror movie I have to make because most horror movies lately haven't been too good. But I, I was on edge of my seat for a little bit of it. I didn't like the ending too much. Um, but it's definitely honorable mention. Drive Angry. Uh, this is a super fun Nicholas Cage film. It's a ridiculous – I mean – ridiculous how many I've never seen a movie where a guy is having sex and kills people going <laughs> at the same time ridiculous movie um but it has the 69 Dodge Charger in there so that's always a good time the movie was super fun didn't take itself seriously was off the wall ridiculous crazy um almost cracked my top 10 but it was just too out there for my top 10 um now the ward uh this is John Carpenter's return um, and it's got the same chick, um, that was in drive angry, which I am a huge fan of, which is, uh, Amber, Amber Heard, Amber Heard. Thank you, sir. Yeah. No it, it had the same, it had the same girl, Amber Heard, uh, I really dig her. She was awesome in drive angry, but the ward it was John Carpenter's return. Uh, it was a mental hospital. Um, she's locked up in a mental hospital and she's not really crazy and, uh, and it's being haunted flipping great. I loved it. Um, But didn't crack my top 10. And the one that I was really wrestling with was Green Lantern. Um, I really liked Green Lantern. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, always a good time. I thought he did a good job. Uh, But it wasn't the best superhero movie I've ever seen before. So didn't crack my top 10. All right. All right, so my top 10, or my number 10, which is, kind of probably going to be surprising other people. I probably think it'd be higher, but would be Transformers 3. Uh, Me and you talked about this for quite a long time about this film. Um, Just the reason why it's number 10 is because it's definitely the worst of the movies on my list. Um, It was better than part two. Um, I liked it better um, than, you know, part one, but uh, it definitely, um, you know, I can see why if people said part one was better, I would totally agree with them on that fact. Um, it, It was just, it was a good way to end the series, but obviously now it's not ending the series because we're going to get transformers 4 now. Um, but it, it was a good time. I had a blast at the movie theater watching it, being from Chicago and seeing my, my city blow up, uh, for an hour and a half was pretty crazy. That's yeah, pretty nuts. You know, I, I love Patrick Dempsey. So it was a good time. I had a lot of fun. I definitely left my brain at the door on this one. Um, so anytime the transformers are on screen, it was always amazing. Um, Good way to end the trilogy, but now we're getting part four, so I guess it's not a trilogy no more. So that's my number ten, Transformers 3. Cool. Which number nine, sir?
3: Uh, Number nine is Source Code with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Monaghan. Yep. Um, This is my number eight. Is it? Okay, so we're jumping ahead a little bit. um, I really enjoyed this movie. I saw it with my dad, and like it started off in the train and then it ended up like the whole, the whole movie takes place in a train and in like this little capsule for the most part in some FBI or government facility. So it's like, it's very limited on like with their sets and stuff, unless they kind of fell out of the train or like, so it was, I really liked how they kept us in the moment being in one place the whole time. It didn't really jut out at me that I wasn't leaving this one set for a long time. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of twists and turns. Um, the way he had to keep going back. And it was cha- uh, every time he went back, the past had to change. Um, and then, I won't give it away at the end. It's still a new movie from this year. But the whole ending of right the whole the whole basically the whole ending of this movie. It was pretty wild and I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Source code, uh, loved it. Uh, real good science fiction film. I big fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. Um you're right, the ending was crazy. Um I really like the whole only have twelve minutes to to figure yeah. everything out. Um, you know, I know it's my number eight, so I guess I won't have to talk about when I hit number eight, but I hear you. I, I really dug this film. It was a good science fiction film and, uh, I, you definitely have to watch it more than once just to make sure you get everything. So I agree yep. sir. All right. So, uh, my number nine is friends with benefits. This movie just cracked my top 10. Now here's the thing. I'm not a fan of sex comedies. Not mm-hmm. my thing. But this performance by Justin Timberlake was flipping great. Watching him rap crisscross was priceless. <laughs> uh, I love uh, Mila Kunis from The 70s Show. She was They're so likable. In effect, I think they actually got together after this. But essentially, this is like the Armageddon Deep Impact War where you had No Strings Attached, which starred um, Ashton Kutcher and, right. uh, and uh, natalie portman and then a couple months later you get friends with benefits and friends with benefits actually is better reviewed um better no strings
3: attached is the one i saw and i didn't care for it it was a, it was pretty out there
2: yeah friends with benefits is basically um justin timberlake is uh is a writer and he's being hired by mila Kunis to do uh GQ mm-hmm. and uh, they just they know that they're in a cliche movie that they know that they're in a sex comedy by calling things out like guy wouldn't do that in real life because this is just a movie and in movies <laughs> they do this uh, they call themselves out numerous times their chemistry was excellent and in fact nudity wise you actually only see butts so it was kind of a relief to not actually in a sex comedy get a whole you know I know right. some people will want to see that but for people that don't want to see that it's kind of a good balance I think you only see like two of them but Mm -hmm. Justin Timberlake was you know I'm not a big Justin Timberlake fan but he did an excellent job in this he was very believable and they're getting better exactly and the funny thing is the the whole thing about well they're going to sleep together and uh, just have sex and have no have just be friends have no relationship whatsoever that only lasts for maybe like 20 minutes and then you actually get into where you go to Justin Timberlake's uh, family and learn about his family, and it turns into a pretty Pretty crazy drama actually. So very enjoyable and there's always a musical scene in, in some of these. But this particular music scene in this film made perfect sense and would so happen in real life. So that's why I dug it. I really enjoyed the chemistry and, and my wife loved it and she hates Justin Timberlake. So if, if my wife approved, I knew I knew I was right and make it a number nine. So that's my number nine, Friends with Benefits. Go check it out. Really good, really funny and has some dramatic elements as well. So. Cool. All right, so number eight, sir.
3: Yep. Uh, my eight is Ides of March. Uh, this one starred Brian Gosling. Uh, it had a lot of stars in this. George Clooney, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul oh, Giamatti.
4: Gotcha.
3: Um, even there was one actor, Gregory Itzen, he popped up in this movie, and I have knew him from 24. He played <laughs> one of the, the previous presidents. Um, this movie was definitely – It was different than a lot of movies that came out this year it was a little slower it was a lot of the whole movie was uh dialogue it was basically two guys in a room talking then you would go to another two or three guys and talking and then they would have like a seminar but the way they the way they shot it it was really good they used the shadows really great and it was it was really really well done it was a good um a good political thriller type of movie
2: good deal awesome Yeah, Ryan Gosling. He looks a lot like Ryan Reynolds, man. It's pretty crazy.
3: Yeah, and he's he's getting a lot better too. He does all. He's been branching out a lot more, Recently, I saw him in uh, the movie Drive that right. came out this year. Um, that it was that was a weird movie too. That got really good ratings. I but it just didn't really resonate with me. But um, he did that, and he was he barely had like four lines in that movie. But uh, the way he acts, it's he's doing a really good job i'm the first time i ever saw him was in remember the titans which is my favorite movie so i like like he's been around a long time actually
2: right yeah you and ty reviewed that that movie yep. yep yep good times all right so my number eight uh as i said was source code so we'll skip right to your number seven all
3: right my number seven is soul surfer uh right. this this movie i did not expect to go in like super enjoying but uh i mean i like like I like the movie. I think this was a Disney movie. Um, I enjoy Disney movies once in a while, but um, my parents were popping the DVD in, and I was getting ready to go upstairs just hang out before work the next day, and they, I decided to just go down and hang out with them, and I ended up really digging this movie. It was um, it was about a girl who ends up getting her arm bit off by a shark one day, and the way she has to live with it and deal with it is really interesting, and be, being based on a true story, it kind of resonated with me a lot more too
2: right right definitely yeah
3: anna Sophia rob is a really good actress i've seen her in a bunch of things now too she's she i think she's like 15 or 16 yeah but she's been around since she was really young so yeah, I like... she
2: was in race the witch mountain with the rock
3: yeah. okay yeah i'm i never saw that movie but i remember seeing her in the ads
2: yeah She's good. Awesome.
3: Yeah, it was a good movie.
2: So. All right, um, number seven, X Men: First Class. Um, saw this in the theater. Uh, really good. Um, I like it better than all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I and you know, X Two was definitely the best of the series, but X Men: First Class was so good. All the actors didn't phone it in. Um, uh, the uh, Magneto was great. Ah, um, oh, was this was just,
3: my number five, so I'm just sweet. so I'll let you go and I'll good jump deal. in after.
2: Yeah, it was uh, really good. Yeah, it was very very good. Um I was afraid it was going to suck with the fact of Nobody you knew was going to be in it. And the main actor, um, who I knew him from Wanted, was playing Xavier, but he did an excellent job. I really enjoyed it. The special effects were really good. I really loved the, the time piece, how they were able to incorporate real um, real stuff that happened into the yeah. film. And Transformers 3 did not do that very well. You could tell it was definitely somebody else trying to play the president versus I mean, you totally believe that you were in this time period. Kevin Bacon was amazing. I haven't seen
3: him in so long, and he popped up in this, and I enjoyed watching him.
2: Yeah, exactly. He was amazing. So, yep. Um, go ahead, sir. What's your... um, no, just the same thing. A lot of the
3: actors weren't there. Um, uh, they had uh, Hugh Jackman popped up for literally two seconds on screen, which was hysterical. Yeah. Um, but I just really enjoyed the way they – casted excellent for this movie i think everyone was like perfectly in their parts the guys who played magneto and xavier like definitely represented patrick stewart and ian mckellen um and yeah like you said they did a very good it was it was a cool period piece of like the the 60s so i really enjoyed it i i'm not a huge fan of the x-men movies but i saw this one a few times with uh, with different friends i enjoyed it
2: good deal all right, my number six, which I just watched this a couple of days ago, and it was so good that it cracked my top ten, and uh, and this is saying a lot for it to be number six. Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> Um, I do not like Harrison Ford. I don't, you know, Indiana no? Jones. I've been given crap for not watching those, which, you know, I told Jason and Dan. I hope you're proud of me because I finally watched them over the weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, I've never been a fan of Harrison Ford. The only movie I've ever liked Harrison Ford in was Regarding Henry, uh, excellent film. Um, but yeah, I've never liked Harrison Ford. So the fact he was in it, I was like, uh, um, the concept is stupid. Aliens in a cow in the wild, wild West, but, uh, Daniel Craig, not a fan of that guy. And, uh, in my review, I said that. Every time he was kicking ass, I was out of my seat cheering. Uh, It was good. Uh, Harrison Ford was a complete douchebag the whole entire film. So it was definitely a different kind of character, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, the special effects were amazing. But most of all, Olivia Wilde stole this film. Every time she was on screen was flipping amazing. Um, Really great. Um, The fact of – This movie made me like Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford in their roles, proves that this was a good movie for me because of the fact of I don't enjoy their performances and I really was into what they were – their characters. And the aliens themselves, my wife jumped like three times and (laughs) the director is actually the director of Iron Man.
3: Okay. Um, Oh, you're John Favreau.
2: Yep, yep very good film um yeah i gave it four stars and i didn't really know any other issues with it i couldn't figure out why uh what the problems were but i said i gave it a very strong four stars so i had a really really good time with this film so that's my number six cowboys and aliens cool
3: uh my number six is warhorse and that just came out as recently as this past christmas um i went I'm I'm Jewish, so celebrate Hanukkah and everything. So my family, usually we have a tradition every Christmas. We go out when everyone else is home in the morning and we go see a movie. So this year uh, War Horse was released on Christmas and we saw that. Um, It was an excellent film. It uh, just missed my number, my top five. Uh, I was debating between that one and X-Men, but I really enjoyed X-Men um but war horse was a long movie it was about two and a half hours uh it's another period type of piece it's a world war one film right um and it follows basically follows the journey of this horse that gets uh that gets raised on a farm and it gets uh taken into drafted into the war sold into the war and um how it touches so many people along the way and it's it was called the miracle horse and it was really, really good. It was very. It was one of those tearjerker type of films. Throughout the film, I would hear people sniffling and yep. making noises, trying to adjust in their seats. And a lot, I've heard some criticism saying like it wasn't as good as like Sea and just other uh, horse films. And how Steven Spielberg did a lot of his typical shots where he would zoom up to the character and then kind of like twist around and do a one eighty, but yeah you know what I liked it I they had a lot of beautiful shots and the CGI was excellent and the story was really really solid and good
2: good deal uh, yeah I I heard the same thing yep. um and the fact of uh you know, it just came out this weekend. So and yeah, yeah you, you got like presents every day, man. Because yeah. yeah, I've been <laughs> putting up, them up
3: on Facebook. It's been a good year this year. And after that, that was after my parents told me
2: I'm 23. I shouldn't expect anything. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. All right, number five for you was X Men. So my number five uh, was Let Me In, which is uh, a remake of the foreign film of Let the Right One In. Um, amazing film. Um, this is essentially. Um, the most original vampire movie I have ever seen uh, essentially what it's about is um, a little girl is a vampire but uh, you really wouldn't know it's a vampire film until halfway through um, it's kind of like this real dorky kid um, always getting picked on at school um, just kind of looking out his window and, and becomes friends with this girl who doesn't wear shoes, always walk around in the snow and they become really good friends and the actress is, is amazing but uh, there's a – once she turns vampire and starts to eat on people, you're like all of a sudden realize, oh my god, this is a vampire movie. Um, but there's so many great, great scenes. Um, the, the, the acid scene alone – is unbelievable but here's what makes this movie so original which of course it's a remake of a foreign film but there it's done so good that you could watch either one and get the same experience out of both but this actually shows you what happens if a vampire was to come in your house and they weren't invited that's okay. what this movie will show you um so yeah twilight forget that crap <laughs> this is vampire movie
3: what's all the, way. the um what is the lore when it comes to vampires because i'm like the vampire lore that I'm used to and I most like now is Vampire Diaries. So what is like – what's the vampires – like how are the vampires work in this one? Like what are their kind of powers or like characteristics type of thing?
2: Um, well, she, um, she needs blood um, to survive. So essentially um, the older person, which you think is her dad, um, mm-hmm. goes out killing people to bring back blood for her. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, there's a serial killer on, they move all the time. Okay. Um, so that way they don't ever get busted by the cops. And once you realize that co- one of the cops is, uh, Elis Clotus, which is Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtle movies. Okay. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, she has to have blood just like, uh, you know, just like every, all the normal vampires. But, uh, the biggest thing for this is the fact of they, sh- they show you what happens, to a vampire they don't really go into the whole um as far as i remember they don't go into the whole crosses and yeah. holy water and stuff it's just about the relationship between the boy and the girl which the girl is chloe grace um Mordes, i think is how you say the name and you'll probably know her from kick ass she's a okay. girl um, mm-hmm. that's the big movie that she was in in the amityville horror she was in that she does an excellent job but they really don't go too much into the vampirism. Um, it's mostly about a story between the boy and the girl, and the fact of the vampire is a little tiny child, which is different among itself and i I you know it was recommended from Jason um you know Jason Danny and Jason Dan, so yeah it, I checked it out. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. so that's cool. my number five so let's uh let's flip over to your number four, sir.
3: All right, my number four is Water for Elephants. I saw this pretty recently as of a little less than a month ago. Um, I'm not a big Robert Pattinson fan, okay. but I really do enjoy Reese Witherspoon. They, right. The two actors together kind of had this odd disconnect, like kind of. But, I mean, they worked well enough to believe the roles, but it wasn't like something where you didn't feel totally comfortable with them. Maybe because he's probably like half her age right, or a little over. But um, but I think it was well done. Everything else – like Pattinson actually – like from what I've seen of him, he's very stiff and he rarely smiles. But I really enjoyed him in this movie. He kind of fit for a lead role. He, he, he was out of his comfort zone I think, but it worked. And um, just another one of those period pieces and took place uh, on a traveling circus. Um, it got a little slow at times, which could – kind of get you a little bit out of the moment but when it was when when there were uh, there were scenes with all the animals and there was a few there were a few good action scenes with uh, the train moving and the confrontation at the end between Pattinson and the bad guy so it was definitely a really good movie it broke into my top five I really enjoyed that I'd watch it again
2: nice all right so my number four should be no surprise anybody is fast five um, this is the first movie I saw in the theater this year, and this was a year that I actually went to the movie theater a lot. I saw um, Fast Five, Transformers mm. Three, Fright Night, um, X Men. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was great. But Fast Five, reason why I love this movie: number one, uh, obviously Dwayne the Rock Johnson's in it, which we all know I love. But here's the thing. Not many, if any, is the number five in a series the best of the flippin' series. Yes
3: it was. This oh, is my number two, by the way. So
2: sweet. Uh my God. This movie uh knows what it is. It's got you got Vin Diesel, you got Paul Walker. These two are made to do these roles. They're not made to do any other yes. roles except to be in this franchise. And when The Rock shows up, I mean, we got Dwayne Johnson saving franchises. He saves the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. They throw him in G.I. Joe to hopefully save I that franchise. I saw that. Yeah, man, it's gonna. Yeah, he is He's the Arnold Schwarzenegger to me. Of you know, of this my time here, you know exactly. Yeah. That's my boy. I love him. He's awesome. But the thing is, is the movie had the ending with the Dodge Chargers tearing things up was ridiculous. We got the whole cast of all the movies, uh, which was excellent. I love Han. I like the fact of this takes place. Uh, be, uh, before Tokyo Drift, so mm-hmm. uh, everybody loves Han. Uh, so of course, um, the thing is, you think this movie ends, and then if you watch the after credit sequence, which I'm oh not God. gonna say what it is, but if you watch the after credit sequence, it blows the franchise up and sets up what the new movie is gonna be in six. All
3: right. Yeah, and now I heard they're even making a. Uh as recent, they were talking about how the sixth and seventh are being filmed back to back.
2: Yes, they are.
3: Yep. So that's going to be really interesting, and I like uh, movies that do that. Definitely, definitely establish uh, continuity. So it's going to be excellent.
2: But, yeah, um, I, I yeah, can't this, wait. Mm-hmm.
3: This is my number two movie, so it's really, really high on my list. Um, I saw it a good few times in the movies. Uh, went with my family when it came out. I went with my friends. Uh, I have it on Blu-ray sitting here with my other ones. Uh, this definitely was the best one. I've always said it. Like I just said before, continuity is like my favorite thing in TV and movies and yeah. anything. So to have all these characters come back and play more than a bit part was excellent. Like I really enjoyed seeing everyone get back together and have this big group. Um, and yeah, like you said, Dwayne Johnson coming in, it, it just shook everything up in a good way. So
2: Yeah, it was awesome. And you know, I love Tyrese. I love Ludacris. Oh, yeah. Those two were amazing, um, and the whole Paul Walker story with you know, his woman being pregnant. Yep. And, uh, man, it was good. Everybody was back, and most of this, all, the, it was so flipping good.
3: The oh. soundtrack was excellent. I use this soundtrack more than anything when I go to the gym because it's just so amped up and like crazy.
2: Yep, awesome. All right, sir, so what is your number three? Uh, my number three is the new
3: planet of the Apes nice um i'm I'm a fan of the old ones I never really i've seen it's been a while since I've watched those two but um, I've seen probably three out of the I think there were five all in all so uh, I'm not crazy into the movies but this one had me pretty good I like I um, really enjoyed James Franco's role in it um, just the CGI was really well done. The story was more compelling, I thought, than the previous ones, uh, just in the fact that it's more of a human-based. Like, you're watching what happens. Like, like obviously the main character in the old ones is human, but this one takes place in a human world with an ape being the, the suffering one. So it kind of it pulls at the heart a little more than the older ones. Right, and I think the way they left off was definitely in tune with a sequel, which we I believe we know is coming for sure. So I'm looking forward to that. And it was just, it was just really, really well done. And I'm glad they remade it because they did whatever they did in this one, they made everything better.
2: I wish I would have seen this one; it probably would have cracked my top ten. Um, I definitely am gonna check it out, though. It's um, recommended. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, okay, so my number three. Uh, which is very, very surprising even for myself um, because of the fact of I am not a fan of this genre anymore because it's been a bunch of crap, and that's the change-up. Oh, my gosh. This was so flippin' funny. I have laughed hysterically. The, the thing is, man, we have gross, movie. gross out humor is, is the thing that gets people in the chairs, but this time we get Ryan Reynolds who is – obviously proven you know he really was a comedic actor but he's proven to be the you know as i said ryan reynolds has proven he can be the, t- the typical douchebag but the thing is this is jason bateman and oh my gosh did he steal this movie when he becomes ryan reynolds i laugh so hard it is so flipping good what are you what are your thoughts on this movie dude
3: I really enjoyed it. Didn't crack my top ten, but I really did enjoy this one. It, yeah, like you said, when they when they become each other, I think that was that's what made it funny because the two trying to emphasize the different like characteristics of each other. It was really really funny. The whole uh, my favorite character in this movie had to be the baby though that was holding oh, the knife at one point. Yeah. Like I was rolling in my chair.
2: Yeah, I was too. Because Jason Bateman, you never see him swear. You never see him act like a jerk. And he goes all out, becomes the Ryan Reynolds that we know from the past. And Ryan Reynolds becomes the the new classy guy that we're used to seeing, like the Green Lantern and that kind of stuff. And when Jason Bateman's in the kitchen holding the babies by like their – their clothes and they're, yeah, messing. they're getting in the oh. trouble
3: there's knives falling one of the babies swinging the knife and then it's the other one's putting its sand in like one i think the sink grinder or something it was, yeah
2: it i was, I, ro- it was I rolled crazy. my eyes at the poop in the face i was like ah oh, gross out humor but after that it pretty much was no longer gross out humor it was just comedicness that i haven't seen it quite a long time it was excellent yeah it did a good job good deal all right sir what is your number two
3: uh, number two is Fast Five, so we already covered oh, that
2: one. Right, right. Okay, so before we go to your number one, yep. uh, my number two is the movie from 2010 that I saw this year. Uh, it was my number one for pretty much six months, and that's Easy A <laughs> with Emma Stone. Um, love Emma Stone, and this film is so great because uh it pays homage to the 80s flicks i mean we got Mm -hmm. ferris bueller's day off in there where she makes fun of it saying i just want to be in a movie with a musical scene and she does does scenes from that um the parents act like 80s parents um and and basically what the storyline is is that she's a virgin and she lies for a friend to say that he slept with her and it gets around and She then becomes the most popular girl in school because every guy thinks that uh, they can sleep with her and really all they're doing is just paying her to say that she slept with them and it's just a big – crazy windfall and and the teacher is actually the sandman from um from spider-man 3 so okay yeah yeah i had a really great time with this film um and the cool thing is she's commentarying the whole film like in ferris bueller's day off where she looks at the computer screen like as the audience and Mm -hmm. just tells you how this is my side of the story and it doesn't matter what what you know and she she breaks the fourth wall the whole film you're brought into the story I loved it I thought it was great and uh, I'm surprised it's not my number one but uh, the movie his number that is number one is from 2011 uh, and uh Easier was was awesome so that's my number two so what is your number one sir uh
3: number one uh, you probably know exactly what this one is
2: oh yeah of course uh, but it is
3: Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. Um, it is definitely, there is a little sidebar with this one. It's definitely not the best movie to come out this year. I, I know that full on, but it's my favorite just because it's my favorite book and it's the last of the series and it was huge and, uh, it had all the crazy action in it and the, it was just a big extravaganza way to end the movie franchise, which is one of the biggest franchises that WB's ever had. Right. So it was, um uh obviously all the kids are grown up and it's probably the darkest of the movies um it's a little uh it's it's more mainstream action than the pre than part 1 was part 1 was more of like a on the road kind of uh different type of movie so this one was a little more based on i uh, had a little more of a solid set and they were uh, there was more battles in this but i just really really enjoyed this movie i I saw this more than multiple times in the movie theater when it came out.
2: Yeah, you saw it like eight times.
3: Yeah, it was crazy. I saw it at least six or seven times in the movies. So um, I've done part one. Uh, I did the review for part one for this podcast. So if Masuna allows, I'm going to try to get a part two review out uh, within the future. So
2: Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah. Uh. You know. We. You call. Well. We called it that. Harry Potter would be the number one financial film of 2011, and it was. Yep. Um, Transformers um, was number two. Fast Five was actually six. Um. Surprisingly. So. Okay. That, that's. I actually had the numbers, but I have misplaced there, them. But.
3: You know what? There are big. There are big uh, movies that came out this year with between I think Thor was this year,
4: yep. uh,
3: Captain America. So like a lot of the superhero movies that were set in a Marvel's franchise and between and then like you said, um, Transformers and Harry Potter. So there's a lot of big budget movies that were coming out. So I'm, like fast, fast Five to get number six yeah. in the box office, like that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: movies that it competed with
2: yeah exactly over 600 million and how many f- number fives get that so yeah um and good. and essentially vin diesel created because he's the executive producer with this he created uh when they were doing the story for the new one uh mm-hmm. universal Studios said you're over you're over too many pages the story is too long you need to break it up into two films <laughs> and it was their idea to make it two films which is pretty awesome so yeah, yeah well, it, two
3: films is definitely the trend like just getting back to Harry Potter, but um, like I think this this definitely did deserve. Uh, it was one of the first films in recent history that's come out with the part two, part one type of thing, and now it started this whole craziness with you have the Twilight series and there's a bunch of other ones that are coming out with two films now. Uh, I think the Hobbit's doing it in the future. Yeah. Um. But uh, just this movie definitely hit all strings for me, and it was I. I know I don't really it's very rare if I would cry in a movie but this one it didn't cry but I had me choked up at one point because if you ever follow the book or you followed the movies just the whole Snape uh there was a scene where Harry goes through Snape's memories and you learn about the guy who's essentially the quintessential like evil next to Voldemort he's basically like his whole history is unraveled and you see exactly his motives and it's it was really, really well done with the music and the cinematography. It was really, really well done. It was actually um, – I think the music was by Alexander Desplat, which did a few – I think he did the Ides of March music and right. a few others. So he's pretty well known.
2: Sweet. Awesome. But, All right. So my number one even surprises myself um, because of the fact of it's a perfect film. It's a five-star film. And uh, and the reason why I checked it out is because over uh, my buddies Jason, um, you know, and Dan were saying how Captain America was a perfect film, and they couldn't believe how much they flip and loved it. At at least Jason, I can't remember if Dan said that. So I was like, I don't like Captain America. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to watch this. So here's the thing, I like everybody else, wanted to see if Chris Evans could pull off this, you know, because I only know Chris Evans as, like, Ryan Reynolds, a comedian. He's the goofball, yeah. Exactly. How could he play a serious role? Well, here's the thing. Captain, oh my Gosh, Chris Evans was unflippin' believable. Um, he sold me on every scene. Tommy Lee Jones was excellent. The time, pe- the the fact of where this takes place, you know, back in the 30s, um, was was awesome. Uh, I don't like Captain America, and after this film, I became a fan of Captain America. I believe Chris Evans at this point. Uh, I, I was so intrigued to watch the Avengers after this film because I had to know what was going to happen after the ending of this film. I couldn't find anything wrong with it, and I agreed 100% that it was a five-star film, and it easily kicked the number one after I saw it. Sure. Unflippin' believable film. Um, it's uh, you know I love superhero films, but the fact of I don't like Captain America, I never have, and for it to be my favorite movie of the year says a lot to me of how good it was and how much fun and how serious it was and and mm-hmm. everything was taken very seriously you know it was treated just like um you know just like a batman you know Christopher Nolan type film it was taken very seriously very little humor if any at all and uh Chris Evans you know being the super skinny guy like myself it was kind of like wow that's so crazy and then see them all built and stuff the thing is i'm i don't know how they're going to pull off and being frozen like that and for the avengers which is why i can't wait for it but yeah i I love captain america that was my number one pick so
3: so compared i probably know what the answer this is going to be but since it was your number one of the whole year of all these crazy movies years um this compared to like something like the dark knight or batman begins where would you rank it because I know um, you love those movies,
2: right? Well, my number one all-time movie is *The Karate Kid*, as everybody knows. Yeah. Num- number two is *Batman Begins*. Um, even though *The Dark Knight*, you know, I've said before, it's a perfect film. It's five stars. Um, just like Danny on Film and Focus says the same thing. He he loves *The Dark Knight*, mm-hmm. but I'm with him. I like the I like *Batman Begins* better than *The Dark Knight* because *The Dark Knight* is. Depressing. If I want to sit down and watch a depressing film, I'm gonna put that on. Batman Begins was super serious and super fun at the same time. Um, It was perfect. So I would definitely say, you know, as far as superhero films go, I would put Batman Begins number one. I would put The Dark Knight number two. I would put The Crow number three because Mm -hmm. The Crow is a comic book uh, comic book film. Um, Number four. I would put uh, Superman the movie, and then number five, I would do Captain America, followed by um, after Captain America. Thor was really good. I had a lot of good time with Thor, but I don't know if I would rank it after that. But that's easily, you know, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Crow, um, and then Superman the movie, and then Captain America. Those are my top five superhero films of all time, easily. Just, yeah. That 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 would be it. So, all right, sir. So that is our picks for 2011. It so, was a
3: long one, but that, it was uh, fun. That we needed that after the whole year.
2: Yeah, good times. All right, so let's hear what the STL Nation had to say. All right. Right, sir, so you haven't been around for a while, so yep. um, I'm not sure if you've listened to any recent episodes. Um, here's kind of the thing um, you know, definitely promote the Facebook page. Um, you know, I got 25 people on there that like the show. Uh, I've been getting some good interaction. Um, Ivan's been really cool lately, posting some cool stuff. Uh, Larry's been awesome. You know, he'll occasionally throw me a little line here and there, uh, but I have um, about four guys that always email in. So I call them. This is called the STL Nation. It's basically okay. the elite fan base of this podcast. You know, uh, you, all you got to do is email in, and you're automatically part of the STL Nation. And uh, each guy has their own specific. You know, we have John the Mailman, um, which. He's actually a mailman, but I call him John the Mailman <laughs> because uh, he's super hes super good times. Um, and he has this really cool catchphrase of consider this email delivered. And then we have John from Philly. Uh, but I call him John the Music Man now because John, uh, he has been digging all my music spotlights. He's become my biggest music fan of this show. So I've officially named him John the Music Man. And then we have Sebastian who Sebastian just i calls i'm going to call Sebastian Sebastian the comedian. Because he's always got something funny to say in all of his emails. Sometimes he goes kind of crazy, and I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) But it's always a good time to hear what he has to say. And then we have Anthony, the epic emailer. Anthony, you'll know him. He's from um, uh, Hillmar, California, from Crossroads. Okay. Uh, He always emailed into the Crossroads podcast. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, he came over here. And if you didn't know, Ty and Stars were on here doing the Crow. Yep. Not sure if you heard that episode, but that was super fun. Um, So yeah, um, so those are essentially the four guys that always email in. So they're the STL nation. So that's kind of to give you the lowdown of, of who all these dudes are. So.
3: All right, cool, got gotcha. you. Now I'm all caught up.
2: Yeah, you're all caught up. All right, so Sebastian wrote in like 50 times. So here's the thing, because you know, as this has been a two week process trying to get all these lists, so people yeah. would just send an email. So I'm gonna try to condense Sebastian's emails into one. So um, his top 10 singles. Um, he says, okay, hello. Try to get a single. Uh, here's my top. Here's my top 10 singles of 2011. Number 10 was Rumor Has It. Uh, someone like me which is from glee okay. uh, number nine was et with con you know katie perry with but the kanye west version uh which like i said i don't like that um move like jagger maroon 5 i have to yep. admit, i flippin hate maroon 5 but this song is pretty flipping awesome um i find myself jamming to it a lot more now
3: they are very like hit or miss with a lot of people maroon 5 they have like the super unique way about them and his voice is kind of like you could either great on you or you, could, or you could really like it yeah um yeah. i i am probably gonna well i i'm in different on that like i enjoyed um their songs about i think jane album yeah i enjoyed that one i was like their f- i think that might have been their first one or second and then the the one after that but i haven't really gotten to them recently but move like jagger obviously i've heard it's probably their biggest one off the new one
2: yep his uh, number seven is when we stand together by Nickelback uh, number six is TGIF by Katy Perry best cameo by Darren Chris. Uh, I want to go Britney Spears. That's an, uh, definitely Till the World Ends um, is the best song uh, that Britney's done in regards to the new uh, dance techno kind of thing she's got. And I want to go is kind of reminiscent of that. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of like the sister of that song. So um, I love you like love song. Selena Gomez is number four. Um, what are you doing? Hmm? What were you just doing? Oh, I have no idea. What was I doing? Oh, I don't know. I heard like you were taking a knife and scraping the the something. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's cool. He says, number four is Love You Like a Love Song, Selena Gomez. Uh, number three is What You Say by Jason Derulo. Number two is Dancing in the Dark by Developer. And number one is Thriller, Heads Will Roll, Naya Rivera. And if you don't know who Darren Criss is, where have you been? I wouldn't blame you if you don't know him right away. I became a fan of him uh, when I heard him sing. So that was his first one. And his second one is uh, High Sweep the Lottery Podcast. He always has a different name for it. <laughs> no, it's always funny. He says, I, I gave my top ten singles so far. Um, so these are my honorable mentions that do not follow the rules exactly. Honorable mentions are uh, the fast, uh, or F5, Furiously Dangerous by Ludacris, Billionaire, Male uh, Cast of Glee, TikTok cover by Heather Morris, which is from Glee, and everybody lives, uh, everybody lies. in Icarus main theme by Michael McCann. Uh, I would give, um, I may give more if I, you know, if I think of some. And okay. then um, his top ten. Um, I think this is his movies. Okay, he says Hi sweep the Oscars podcast. Uh, I did see Gremlins from start to finish this week, and it was good family fun. It's just that Gremlins doesn't come to mind when thinking of Christmas. It's more of a snowy or rainy day viewing. It's mostly for everyone except for the young and those with heart problems. I gave Gremlins a 4 out of 5. Honey, I found a pair of Gremlins in the chewing gum. Anyway, on to the top 10 of 2011. Number 10 is Meek's Cutoff. Number 9 is Paranormal Activity 3. Number eight is Fast Five. Number seven is Cedar Rapids. Number six is uh, Ida is a March. It's, I think that was in your list. Yep. Number five is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Number four is Drive. Number three is Captain America and Thor, which, dude, you can't have a tie. It's got to be one or the other Captain America or Thor. Number two is Another Earth. And number one is Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Honorable mentions are Puss in Boots, uh, The Sister, Circumstance, Midnight of Paris, and Kung Fu Panda 2. And he has another one. He says, Hi, Sweep the Lake Nation. How are you doing? What films are you looking forward to in 2012? For me, based on what I hear uh, now are uh, Man on a Ledge, Ghost Rider 2, 21 Jump Street, The Hunger Games, uh, Chasta Mad whatever that is, uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, Dark Knight Rises, Brave, The Avengers, Paranormal Activity 2, and Riddick and that's a lot of coming out. Yeah, that's a lot coming out. All right. So, that is everything from Sebastian the comedian. So, thank you, sir. Appreciate all your emails there. Okay, so the next one comes from John the Music Man. He says, hello, sir. Well, I saw your rules on Facebook, but um, I forgot them. Yeah, that's that's it. 2011 movies I saw in theaters I liked in this order. Muppets, number one, X-Men First Class, number two, number three is Captain America, four is Thor, five is Transformers 3, and five was Green Lantern. I saw a few others, but those were my favorites. Yes, I see the trend of comic book movies, and the Muppets, of course, are number one. Which, who can argue with the Muppets? You know what I'm saying? I saw
3: the Muppets, and I'm not a Muppet fan, but I enjoyed the movie.
2: Good deal. He said, I saw a bunch in cable, and uh, I have to mention two of them. Battle Los Angeles. I heard a lot of bad reviews, etc. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I like alien invasion movies, and... Uh, this had all the good elements, which I have to check this out because I'm a big, um you know, I'm a big fan of um
3: the main character. I'm forgetting his name too. He was in 24, and I am a fan of him too. Yeah, though. he's in uh, The
2: Dark Knight. He's Two Face, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Eckhart. I'm a big fan of him. I uh, definitely want to check it out.
3: The Battle of Los Angeles was a good movie. I enjoyed that movie.
2: And uh, the last one is Big Stan, which this movie is going to be part of the movie. so bad they're so good. He said, I caught it on cable, and this movie has Rob Schneider, and it's pure cheese. So awesome. I don't want to give the plot, but if you like fun, cheesy movies, check this out. Uh, He said, 2011 music. This is the hardest. I only bought two CDs this year, and they were the Muppets and the Transformers 3 soundtrack. (laughs) Um, All the other single songs were from other years, but from those, my favorite songs are Man or Muppet and all that you are from Google dolls the reason for the last song is the lyrics such as well all the things that you are beautifully broken alive in my heart and you know that you are everything let the heart sing and tonight we light up the stars all that you are that song just speaks to me mostly since it's how I feel about my son who we lost at 23 weeks I know he gave his life for his twin and lights up the stars Uh, a little a little more than needed but it's why i like that song i was sent a separate email about gremlins john the music man yeah john music man me and him have become really good friends um, over the past couple months and uh you know he uh his he, he lost his son unfortunately and That's, um yeah. But yeah uh you know definitely it's heartfelt and uh, one of the songs they played is a spotlight song really reached out to him a lot it was a pillars song um so it, it it was a good times, so I'm glad, uh, you know, I'm glad he's getting some healing, you know, and it's definitely a hard thing to lose a child, you know. I, I definitely yeah,
3: I couldn't even imagine.
2: Yeah, it's it's a horrible it's a horrible thing. So, um, he is next email is uh, about Gremlins and he says, "Hello sir and uh, STL Nation. This movie started my like for what some people call horror comedies. I'm not a big horror fan, but I love me some Gremlins. Some of my favorite scenes, the blender and the Gremlins was just awesome. All the Gremlins watching Snow White had me cracking up as a kid and still does today. Also, it's It was the 80s, so of course Corey Feldman was in the film. Overall, I give this four gizmos and always better if you watch during Christmas year. John the Music Man. And he has, I think, one more. Let me look here. Um, Okay. This is his last one. He said, hello, sir. OK, I get to add new music I like in 2011. The Letter Black is awesome. See, this is why I call him John the John the Music Man, because my last song for Gremlins was mm-hmm. my favorite song of 2011, which is Hanging By a Thread by the Letter Black. Yep. Uh, really great band, and uh, the oh, it's so flippin' awesome. I don't know if you heard the song yet, dude. I put it on the nope. Facebook page. But check it out. It's amazing. And he got the CD. He lo- he fell in love with it. I love it. It's an amazing album. And he said, uh, so many good songs. I'm really digging the song Wounded. And um, the others, not new music, but uh, Rediscovered. Yes, I know it's from the 80s and pure cheese, but the soundtrack to the Transformers movie in 1986. The Stan Bush song, You Got the Touch, is still rocking. So not new, but recently rediscovered it, and it rocks. So yes, told you I had to break the rules john the music man so that (laughs) him and me both yeah him and you both got to do that and the uh final uh email comes from john the mailman and uh boy does he have an epic email which anthony the epic emailer didn't email in this time but uh this is the last email so this is some good times he says hey mike how was your christmas i hope it was hot that's his thing he always says hot so i always use that now if i talk about a movie or a song it's like it's hot he's bringing back the hot you know it's
3: good to gotcha. hear. yeah it's faded out the last few months but yeah it'll come it'll come back thanks to him now
2: i would say the past couple years not really months yeah. he said i'm sure you already told some stories so let's get started for my top 10 movies i picked movies i saw in theaters and only gave stars so the email won't be epic that's taken number 10 Fast Five 3.5 stars. Number nine, X Men First Class 3.5. Number eight, Real Steel 3.5. Number seven, Adjustment Bureau. Number four, uh, four stars. Six is Limitless, four stars. Five is Captain America, four stars. Uh, Harry Potter. Part 2, four stars. Paranormal Activity 3, four stars. Source Code, four and a half stars. And Rise of the Planet of the Apes, four and a half stars. I like his list. And I like his list too. It's good times. He says, a lot of the movies I didn't get to see, so maybe I got some of those for Christmas to make the list more uh, more on point. I also like Sucker Punch, Hannah, I Am Number 4, and 30 Minutes or Less, which I haven't saw 30 Minutes or Less, but I like um, Jesse, um, the guy. Eisenberg. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 30 Minutes of Us was a good movie. I liked it. I th- I think I went into it wanting to see it more than I did coming out, but right. it was still a good movie. Good times.
2: He says, for music, I can only give you a few I enjoy. I do podcasts in my free time and don't pick up new CDs. I mean, like, he listens to podcasts in his free time yeah. he doesn't yeah. have one. He says, so here's my list. Number 10, Someone Like You by Adele. Number 9, Rolling in a Deep by Adele. Number 8, You Make Me Feel by Cobra Starship. Number seven is Good Life by One Republic. Number six, nice. I'm Into You, J Lo. Uh, five, Monster Paramore. This song is on the Transformers Three soundtrack, and this song rocks. Um, I don't know if you heard it, yet, dude, but it's
3: Paramore is good. I've, I haven't really heard them. My friend really loves them. They're like one of her favorite bands, so yeah. I've, and, I definitely have to give them a try soon.
2: And they're definitely they're also a Christian band, but not labeled as well. So that's another little uh, you know trivia for you guys. Yep. All right, number four, Without You, David uh, Geta, G-A-E-T-T-A. Okay. Yeah. Number three, Till the World Ends, Britney Spears. Heck yeah. (laughs) Number two, Danza Kudoro by Don Omar. And number one is Sean Paul, Got to Love You. So – You like that list, sir? Is that pretty good?
3: I do. Danza Kuduro, I listen to, like, that's part of the Fast Five album. So I listen to that at the gym a lot.
2: (laughs) Nice. Awesome. He said, I didn't get to hear a lot of stuff, but that's what I'm feeling right now. But here's my all-time top five list. And, dude, you are going to like number one, okay? (laughs) Number five is Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World. Number four, Dynamite by Teo Cruz. Number three is Closer by Nayo. Number two is Passion by Utada Hurk. Kuru and number one, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. That's awesome. That Small was our that, yep. That was our Smallville uh, spotlight song, man.
3: Yep. There's always yep. gonna be some kind of Smallville mention, so that's it.
2: He said that. At when I played that song, that that's what hooked him into the podcast. He's like, I'm going to like this guy. So, yeah, we've become really good friends all the time. Uh, you know, because these guys are my friends on Facebook, too, not yeah. yeah. So we interact pretty much daily all together. Well, and, that's uh, the
3: cool thing about having a small listener base. It's yeah. not about getting the most listeners. It's about getting, like, passionate people and then, like, you're connecting with all sorts of people so that's really cool
2: exactly i
3: mean that's how me and you met up through the, through the crossroads so yep.
2: this is true yeah whoever would have thought that you were the third host who got fired and then moved away from- <laughs> <laughs> i've been rehired fired so many times i don't know it makes my head spin i know it's good times and he says uh a little out there keep up the great work and another year of podcasting consider this email delivered john the mailman so excellent Oh, good times, guys. That was excellent. Great to hear from all you guys.
3: Yep. Thanks for emailing in.
2: Yep. And if you want to write in, it's sweepdelaypodcastyahoo.com. Um, you can go ahead. At Gmail, and... like I said that last time? Yeah, not like Gmail. <laughs> yeah. Andrew's supposed to be the ghost uh, co host here and doesn't even know the email address. <laughs>
3: That's, um, well, that, the real reason I haven't been around, as, as locked me up for making a mistake.
2: This is true. I, I got mad. So. What are you gonna do? So and then Twitter, um, which not a lot of people follow that, but it's STL Podcasts on Twitter. Um, but hey, uh, you know, definitely love the interaction on the Facebook page. You know, daily, uh, I'm usually, if not every other day, throwing up something on there. Um, I'm always doing uh, movie and music reviews. Just any DVD I pick up, I throw up a review. I just did Straw Dogs, um, and I had a ha- I had a hard time with that film.
3: I heard and, it was a difficult film. It was. Yeah. It was interesting.
2: Yeah, and uh, and Larry uh, commented on there how he felt the same way about it. I gave, I didn't give it a very good review, and I had uh, my points I thought were pretty valid why I didn't think it was good, and it, yep. it was just it's a very it's a very difficult film to watch, and uh, and it's really and Ivan posted some really cool sweep the lake uh, shirts, which was pretty awesome. So I'm getting some more interaction on the Facebook page. Uh, so definitely, if you have not liked the page, please do so. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd love to hear any new emailers so you guys can get automatically in STL Nation. If you didn't know, I have a new podcast, which is uh, The Shadowy Flight. Uh, Jason and Dan have given me the honor of taking over as the new host of that show. Awesome. Um, it's, yeah, it's awesome. We had an episode together and then about a week later, uh, my first solo episode went live. And um, I'm hoping it's going good. Um, there's been a couple new people liking the page. Um, you know, I love Knight Rider, so and it's just a 30 minutes podcast, nothing too big. But uh, if you're a fan of Knight Rider, or if you're not, just please come support me over there. And uh, also, you know, our buddies Jason and Dan have the awesome Show Me the Winston, which is my favorite podcast, love it. Um, then they have Flicks, and then of course we have Film and Focus with Jason, and Danny. Always good times. And, of course, your home base, Crossroads, with good old uh, Stars, the the lovely host. And then Jason, of course, is now taking over as the co-host. Yep. Ty retired. But Ty was awesome enough to come on and do The Crow, his favorite movie. And Stars was awesome enough to join along. So that was an excellent episode. And if you haven't listened to it, man, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the Spotlight song.
4: Okay. Here comes the ready and
0: not.
1: Here comes the boys from the sound. Here comes the
2: All right, sir. So I don't really have anything special because we played so much flipping music. Yeah, it's been pretty loaded. Yeah, it's been with pretty all lo- of our favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. But you know, John, um, John the Mailman uh, had me thinking about uh, you know the Three Doors Down Kryptonite. Now I'm not going to play that again because of the fact I've already played it once for Smallville. But uh, my favorite song from them is um, actually a song dedicated to the troops, which is called When I'm Gone. Have you you know this song When I'm Gone, right?
3: yeah yeah I do.
2: yeah um, yeah it's it's an amazing song um, and it's definitely you know it was written for the troops but you could pretty much put this to anybody any loved one especially if you're you're going away from them and stuff but this is my favorite three doors down song I've always loved this song it's really rocking and most of all if you're really patriotic it's a really kicking song so that's my spotlight song and and that's pretty much it guys that's a rap. Um, so, Andrew, it's been great having you on, sir, and for the most part, we should expect to hear you for the most part of 2012. Is that right, sir?
3: Yeah, I should be on for a regular to semi-regular basis. I mean, I'm going away. I'm going to Israel in January for 10 days, but that should only affect really one week, so yeah, I should be back. All then right. I'll, uh, I'll be back for pretty regularly.
2: Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to be taking a vacation myself uh, late January. Me and the wife going to take some time off. So probably like two weeks or so, won't hear nope. nothing from us. You know, got to take some time off and stuff. Yeah, deserved. Yeah. But, doing the stuff
3: for free, taking up a lot of your time, you got to gotta take breaks.
2: Yeah. I, this editing is going to be horrible with all the music, but, you know, it was worth it. Hopefully you guys had a good time with this. And, you know, hopefully all the music I played, you know, I don't get sued or anything like that. Uh, it's Sofa def- hasn't
3: been enacted yet, so I think it's yeah. safe time being we've gotten away with it so far
2: yeah you know all the trademarks mentioned and are played are out the properties of their respective owners and
3: yeah we make absolutely no money off of this so
2: yeah i own all these songs that i play so yep. you know yeah. no no copyright infringement is intended whatsoever so this please
3: nobody's whole thing is all, all to get out the like even today's whole top 10 list for each of us, it was to get out the music. Like you said, you purposely would play the song first so we could make sure like people would want to listen to this music. It's exactly. good advertising.
2: Exactly. It's free, free, advertising hopefully. But yeah, let's, let's hope guys that we don't have the SOPA war end us. So it's, it's, yeah, I don't want to even get into it again, so, <laughs> but it's been fun, sir. So thank you again. And, um, catch us next week. Um, We are going to start the Beverly Hills Cops series. So Andrew will be on for that. And yep. uh, now normally Tuesdays, you guys get the episodes. But like I said, when I have Andrew on, um, I may have to change it a day or so. Um, but for the most part, it's definitely going to come out. Um, expected the first week of January. And uh, please email in. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. And Beverly Hills Cop has awesome music. And it's Eddie Murphy at his best. I love that series. It's flipping amazing. I love one, two, and three. It's a great series. It's going to be a fun time. So. Sounds good to me. All right, sir. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great having you again.
3: Thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right.
2: Well, this is the Spotlight Song, guys. So check it out. And this is Masunas out. Mm-hmm.
0: In this life that I can't hide Somewhere in this darkness There's a light that I can't find Maybe it's too far away Maybe I'm just blind Maybe I'm just blind
1: Grab me when I'm wrong Hold me when I'm wrong
0: I won't tell you a damn thing that I could not tell my friends Roaming through this darkness, I'm alive but I'm alone And part of me is fire